Today's episode is brought to you by Reef Builders, winner of Best of Howls, five years running. Reef Builders is a Tempe, Arizona-based, full-service design-build construction company. What's a design-build company? It means you deal with one company for everything. Reef Builders is able to take your vision and bring it to life by drawing your plans, producing photorealistic, high-resolution 3D renderings of your kitchen, baths, and more, helping you design and pick your finishes, and finally, executing that vision. With their years of building experience and a superior client experience, using tools such as online project management software through their client portal that allows you to see your renovation in real time. Whether you're in town, on vacation, or living in another state, you have access to job progress photos, your build schedule, financials, and much more anywhere in the world. So if you're looking for a complete bath or kitchen renovation, a complete home renovation, a custom home designed and built, or a boutique commercial project built out, Reef Builders can deliver it. Reef Builders, your vision, their experience delivered. Hey everybody, today I have two gentlemen on here, both C10 truck builders and builders in general, as well as captains and paramedics in uh, local fire departments. Uh, Ronnie Wetch is a captain in Chandler, has been a captain since 2003. Uh, he is also the creator of um, a podcast. Some of you in the C10 truck world might know it as C10 Talk. He's also the creator of C10 Nation. He has, I think, combined over 150,000 uh, followers. He has a true passion for C10 trucks, um, owning them and being part of them. Um, he's kind of big into that 60 to 72 range, but he has done uh, many trucks uh, along the way. He's also been a recruit training officer in Chandler uh, at their academy, uh, married 20 years to his amazing wife, Autumn, his three kids, Payson, Cheyenne, and Savannah. And then there's Mark Barbie. Mark Barbie is pretty much um, the, um, how would you say, prototypical firefighter that everyone's going to look up to. Mark was hired in 2001. He is a captain paramedic as well in Peoria. Uh, he has too many things to list, but I'll just list a few. He was a is a rescue swimmer, boat operator, former SWAT medic, current T, uh, terrorism liaison officer with Peoria. Uh, he's done a bunch of other stuff, too. He's pretty much um, a prototypical A-shifter. Doesn't shave, or actually does shave. So, no, Mark's a good guy. Uh, he's also a truck builder. Um, his most famous truck was a 1963 C10 that won Best Custom Truck at SEMA in 2007. Um, they actually made that truck into a Hot Wheels toy. It's still out there. I think the last time I saw it, it was up on eBay for like 70 or 80 grand. Uh, he's been in numerous truck magazines, truck industry trucks, sport trucks, and more. Uh, he's working on all kinds of stuff. He had a 65 Suburban that he put a Cummins diesel in. Um, I think he's working on a Blazer right now, and then he's working on uh, uh, a truck for SEMA right now, which I believe is a, <clears throat> a 2017 Chevy Silverado, I believe. I uh, could have that wrong, but these guys are big-time truck builders. Been doing it for a long time. Also public safety members, firemen, just good guys. So this was a super fun episode for me because I love trucks too. I would, I guess I'd consider myself a truck builder, not much of, of one compared to these guys, but awesome episode. So here we go. Mark Barbie, Ronnie Wetch. <laughs> They have two other public safety members. Uh, they're also firemen. They work in Chandler and Peoria. I'm going to let them introduce themselves, but I have Ronnie Wetch, C10 Talk, C10 Nation. 
uh, one of the biggest uh, C10 podcasts out there, if not the biggest. And then Mark Barbie comes from a long line of C10s. He had a best uh, custom truck at SEMA 2007 when he was a little small-headed, small-chested guy. Now he's about 240 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. But these guys have been in the truck industry for a long time. I'm kind of a truck play industry guy. But I'll let them introduce themselves and then tell us a little background on them. Uh, thanks, dude. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, my name is Ronnie Wetch. I am uh, Chandler, Captain Paramedic. I've been there 22, going on 23 years. And uh, for the audience, I'm not sure how broad, uh, you know, it's public safety or whatever it is, but Chandler's about, two, uh, we're just under 300,000. But the way the Phoenix metro system works is we're all kind of touching the big red PHX. We've got uh, 11 stations and I think 13 or 14 trucks. I'm downtown on a ladder and uh, dig it. All right. What about you, Mark? Uh, my name is Mark Barbie. I've been in Peoria uh, about 18 years. Just celebrated 18 years. Fire captain, paramedic, rescue swimmer. Everything. Uh, every, every, yeah. Super <laughs> he flies the calls. Doesn't, no, doesn't actually run. No, actually, so we... <laughs> <laughs> we do the 4896 right now i am uh c shift but uh, i will be going to a shift on the rebid yeah um, other than that you know i can't sit next to ronnie and, and you got the uh one of the guys in town that probably knows everything from you know every c10 there is um i'm not trying to keep <clears> today. no no <laughs> i'm more my I, what i what i really like or you know that i've done a lot with are the 60 to 66 right. you know i have a few uh, a couple a couple trucks right now but um i can't even come close to what some of these other guys oh, know either, know, right? know about the c10s uh but I, like i got into it because i'm like we need to because i obviously i come from long line of car painters and body men so i started that way when i was 13 or painting my first car when i was 15 but we just wanted to do cool shit with with the construction companies for like dude I, we actually had my dad is 63 way back in the day and we called it old paint because he's like you know a car painter could paint anything he wanted but it looked like an old painted horse it's brown white it's all fucked up we used to ask him like dad can you drop us off down the block not school because we don't want anybody to see us in front of it so i was like that's what i want 63 truck to start so then that's how kind of all, all of our trucks started but i didn't realize we're all captains yeah, I'm junior. Well, captain that's how dude. you and I met in ISO. Uh, I wasn't even a captain then. I, neither was I. I just but I, engineer. We we did that in the middle of the summer, somewhere in summertime, yeah. and you and I sat next to each other, and then Start I think we were both cars. engineers at the time. And we, we uh, could talk captain problems. We could talk yeah. truck problems. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking so, all the day. Yeah. And then uh, being a captain's actually phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's one of the best jobs. It's a good jobs. gig for sure. Yeah. And then you and I met. Just you were Dixon. And, yeah, uh, I came over here, and then I think yeah. I saw one of your trucks, and then really uh, you had a short bed that you just painted. Yep. And then yep. from there, and those guys had kind of mentioned, I think, oh, man, you got to go check out his stuff, and so gotcha. it's just a small world. And then from there, you know, we, once you kind of, you had a radar on somebody, you're like, oh, man, what are they doing? You know, oh, Brandon's right. doing this, and Reef, and if I see, yep. like today, I see a Reef truck, I'm like, dude, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? Right there. Yeah. When did you get hired in Chandler? Like, were you young? So I, I started late. Like, I want to get out of corporate America. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so it's kind of funny. I actually probably could have got hired in Peoria. Really right. a funny deal. Um, started testing um, 95. I was a cadet in Phoenix. And then, uh, make sure you guys can hear me good. And then um, Gilbert and 
Peoria and Glendale and Chandler kind of was one of those deals where it was like a major league draft. Once you finally figured it out, like gotcha. I fi- two, two and a half years of figuring out what I need to say. Right. <laughs> what happened was there's a guy named Eric Tipton, works for Mesa. He's probably retired now. You're a fast learner. One time, one time he recorded me a video, VHS, old school porn tape. And I'm like, yes. And I'm like, okay, this, this was the light bulb that I needed to see. Because gotcha. I, I feel like, okay, I could do all this. I could talk. I can do this. And, and it's a honed skill, right? I think oh, yeah. some people, the young guys come in and, uh, we work with a lot of guys, my, myself, and then the captain that's next to me, we got hired together. We were reserves in Gilbert together and Chandler, and uh, we've been together a long time. And so we've kind of got this whole thing figured out. And so you, uh, once you finally figure out, okay, this is how I need to hone this skill, or this is what I'm seeing that I don't like and why I'm not getting hired. Right. Um, but to answer the question, I got hired at 23. Okay. And, uh, that's a good time because you actually have a little bit of, of knowledge. Like. There's guys that get hired when they're 19. I'm like, I'd be a fucking mess. I'd have like four DUIs, and there's no way. Like, yeah. you have a little bit of life experience at 23. And that's the big thing we say now is like, and I don't know, I, our departments are all different, especially our hiring process. We have an extremely unique hiring process. How's you, how, how so? So we do what's called an internship. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's proven, and it, it works pretty good. But but we still get fucktards. Can we cuss? We still, <laughs> yeah. we still, no, we still get a ton of fucktards, man. It's crazy. <laughs> But the way we, we do our hiring is, you know, kind of generically, let's say a thousand people, and we'll do a, a written test. So we'll knock it down, and they'll knock it down specifically and say, okay, we want to get to 350. So whatever score that is, uh, 84. 84, so, you know, three, 350 ends up being 376. Right. Then they'll go through, they'll do a quick uh, oral board, boom, they'll knock out, they'll get down to 120. Uh, then they'll do a physical, then they'll do a second oral board, and we'll say, okay, we're going to do 40 people into the internship. That might mean either two internships. Let's just say, let's say they do 30 and they're going to do one internship. That's five weeks, five to seven weeks. And that's one uh, Wednesday, all uh, five to 10 at night, volunteer, and then all day Saturday. So you're going to do that for five to seven weeks. And uh, from there, they're going to make a list and they're going to say, these are, these are our top 10. These are our our middle 10. And these are our, I like that because you get all the shippers out of the way then. Yeah, it's funny to think how like you guys do it. You know, being right. going through both processes, Peoria's and Phoenix's right. back in the day. You know, the one oral board, and and uh, it's 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 kind of crazy to think that. We, the one thing I was telling you guys about that cop that got hired, good yep. friend of mine. I was in what's called we call that the internship. So if you're an intern officer, you're an ITO. He was an intern officer, and I, I, our department could hire him back as a, you know, to, to come back as a consultant. Really? If it was for me, because that guy, because of his 20 years as a cop, as a sergeant, he was a narc cop. I mean, in Tempe. I yeah. mean, so he had so much experience. And what he would do is, <coughs> it was hilarious. Is all of us would be like, you know, uh, moth to the to the candle. We'd be watching the commotions over here. He would go up in the tower and he would just sit there and he would just make notes. And he would see things that we all weren't seeing. And then he'd come back and every night when you have a, an intern, you know, like right. I said, Wednesday or Saturday, you have meeting minutes at the end. You're going to sit down and talk. And he'd bring things up. And he's like, hey, just see what this Brandon guy does. Like, right. like he's quiet. But you know what? He, a lot of people are gravitating towards him. He's a quiet leader. All right, see what this guy Mark does, dude. All right, he's the most physical. You know, he has the attributes this way, but is he getting along this way? And then right. this guy Ronnie over here doesn't shut up. They're like, you know, so, <laughs> so there's all these things that you take into consideration. I like that, dude, because because you're actually getting getting to observe people, and they have no idea that you're doing it. Oh, totally. Because we get that because we do a pre academy. I did all the physical training on the on the physical side for almost 13 years, and then I led 
the physical side for like six or something and we don't ever get to vet anybody they show up and you're like what the fuck oh, have totally. you been doing for yeah. you know 12 weeks to get ready for this thing and they're like ready to quit after a couple events and stuff like that so i like that way a lot better because you actually and they have to do it for free yeah so it's like hey if like you really want to be here then be here motherfucker put out and let's see and then they can't it it's almost like they can't hide from you so no, they so really can't selection know? process they can't but i will tell you people are smart enough to um play the system you know what I mean? So, so you are going to get some of that, and and uh, their true colors end up showing up. But I mean, for the most part, we get really good guys and girls, and uh, we're happy with it. Kind of going full circle. So when I did it in '97, it started I think in '91, and they did it for 22 weeks, and they had to do it three times a week. So a Tuesday, a Thursday, and like a Saturday. I mean, just asinine. Yeah, that's long. We were the third one in '97, and we did 14 weeks. Once during the week and one weekend. Gotcha. So they finally figured out that what they could do is, you know, it, it, like say the, the, if the three of us were uh, ITOs and we'd get together, our list wouldn't change much from week five, six, seven to week 14. So they already knew. I mean, you know, like being the one I've done it, you know, by week two, you're like, that dude's a stud. Yeah. That dude's a stud. She's kicking ass. What ha- the top, the top, <laughs> the top five are easy to figure out. Yeah. And then, and then six through. 12 to 14 that's where you're really making your money that's where you're you're really trying to put those 15 or, or 10 people in scenarios to find out who they are and what they are right and uh and, and, and then depending on how many numbers you have depending on like oh we can hire 15 or hey we can only hire eight so it's like we know who the top four are now we got to figure out who these other four are and and then out of that four that you're having a tough time selecting, that's the hard part. Right there's there. five more that you kind of wish that you could hire, and then you can't. Do you put them on like a wait list? Like, hey, like 100. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. Like we just hired 20, I think 20, and then we hired another seven. Yeah, because Chris Smith, who you know, yeah, yeah that's that's our other buddies. His twin brother works in Phoenix, and then Joe Richie, Ricky. Yeah, Richie. Yeah, I just gave him all of our all of our. Um, Basically, our playbook and our curriculum on how we run our fitness program. So I guess he's doing some stuff over there too. It, it's good to see that you guys do that. We uh, we lost him in Peoria. We wanted him bad. In Richie, Peoria. really, yeah. he's yeah. a good dude. Yeah. He yeah. tested for Phoenix and we didn't pick him up. And yeah. then you guys ended up getting him. Good dude, diesel mechanic. Like that. Yeah. Like that's a legit man right there. And sure. Smitty, uh, Chris, yeah, we yeah. have Chris, and then you have Mike. Yep. Um, I was his captain, training captain. You were so he's in, mad the, dog. In, in the actual. Oh yeah, he's he's, he's as ugly dog. as he is bad. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> And then, so you got hired when you were, you said 23. How long were you a firefighter? I was a firefighter for, I think, right at five. Okay. And then one year as an engineer, almost exactly to the day. And then I've been a captain for like 15 years. It's been captain for a long time. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think I I was 29 when I got promoted captain. We're going to get back to that captain shit. And then what was your journey? Like, how? I was a banker before. I was a banker before. You were Uh, a banker. Like uh, 18, I was in high school. I started working. It was Bank One at the time. Personal banker? I, I actually, worked, I, I, I did. That's how I started. That's how everybody starts in the bank, right? And I worked my way up. Uh, uh, a funny story. I, uh, there was a, um, all the Bank Ones were inside the grocery stores were getting, oh, yeah. ro- were getting robbed oh, right. by the same person. They dubbed her the Ugly Bandit. <laughs> and she came into our store. It was me and one other girl. And her the, this MO was this bandit would come in as you're pulling the rope to close the place off. And she would come around the corner. This lady popped out of nowhere. We even had a meeting like that morning or the day before to say, hey, on this map, you know, she's working this direction. We're probably right. somewhere in there. Make a long story short, she did. She she hit us. And the girl her? next to me, no. The girl <laughs> next to me had just taken her money out of the drawer to like oh, close up for the night and go put it in the safe. And she clunks 
we knew who she was right away when she put this big bag up on the table and you hear clunk. And uh, we look at each other or we're staring at each other like we know who this person is. And right. I look at the lady and I go, ma'am, we're closed. And, I, and she kind of gave me a dirty look. I go, ma'am, we're closed. But I had already pulled my bait money. You have this little switch yeah, yeah. in the bank. So when this little arm falls, all the cameras start doing a quick spin, you know, to get around faster. Oh, damn. And uh, make a long story short, she didn't rob us. She didn't get any money that night. But um, she ended up being caught. And she lived in Peoria, like right by 191. A-shifter. Yeah, so I started there. Then, A-shifter, bro. And then I went into the mortgage world <laughs> for, for the same bank. I was an underwriter. Okay. Yeah. And then I got hired at 22. So... Um, you know, I turned 23 in the academy, uh, similar to Ronnie. You know, I was a fireman for about four years, engineer for 11 years. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, did the paramedic and all that stuff in there. Yeah, but you're like super paramedic. You're like SWAT medic. <clears throat> I did SWAT medic this, for quite that, a while. I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm Why doing, not? I'm doing some other... Uh, High speed, low drag stuff? Yeah, some other... <laughs> uh, another position, uh, similar... Um, oh, the TLO the stuff. TLO stuff um, which now, is, now, now explain that because well, we have a pretty wide audience yeah, or whatever. So. Yeah. Uh, it used to be called terrorism liaison officer. Right. They have recently changed it um, to call it a threat liaison officer. Gotcha. Um, nice words, you know. Whatever. Uh, yeah. So um, <laughs> Padded rooms basically we're a liaison any, for any kind of big incident between PD and fire. If, if something comes together where the two of them need to work together, we all know that communications are pretty limited so the big advantage to a tlo is that we have radios for both we tend to speak language for both right and we can kind of um marry the two together but you guys get special training like you gotta oh, get yeah. the tlo training yeah there's there's a tlo school you go through then lots of extra training on top of that is you it can like get, get smart type shit yeah <laughs> they do they, they have building they have buildings uh some crazy buildings uh, and guys that do some stuff that you know there are different levels of tlo we're 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 at the bottom of the barrel. Don't you have to learn like how to stalk somebody? And everything? There are classes for yeah. that. I haven't been through any of that no. stuff yet. No. But now, do you have one TLO? No, we have uh, five right now. Um, one will retire next year, and one I think per we're just shift, gonna stay. though, right? No, but no? we don't do it like the the other cities. So there could because we're forty eight ninety six as well, just like Ronnie. So and what do you, explain what forty eight ninety six. So we work two days on, four days off. You so know, forty eight hours uh, still ABC, yeah. all that stuff. Um, but. Uh, uh, basically, I just make the schedule. So the, the five guys email in what their availability is for that month, and you, you kind of just make a schedule, and you're on call. That's the only bummer about it is, so if you're TLO, you're four days off, your your phone's on on your nightstand, and the bummer with that is you worked your two days running calls, then your phone's on all night for four days, and then yeah. you go back to work for your next two days. So sometimes it can be a little rough, and then uh, um, sometimes we'll cover the whole west side. So like today... Technically, right now, I'm West Side TLO. I have somebody else covering me right now. But if somebody doesn't answer in one of the West Side cities, the West Side TLO has to handle that. Heavy is the A-shift crown you have to wear. Yeah. It's heavy, dude. Well, yeah. it's funny, too, for the audience is Phoenix, <clears throat> Brandon being you know in Phoenix, and then Mark being Northwest Peoria. We're all together. We're all actually all in the same union, too. So yep. you know, it, it kind of works out that some of the terminology, like the TLO and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that, we all kind of... Or similar, uh, similar positions. In, in all three cities yeah yeah, for yeah sure. and I didn't, I didn't realize that like we had a lot more in common than i thought like yeah. i just thought fucking truck guys or whatever come here talk about trucks so we'll talk about some public safety stuff no we're all the same yeah it's like the same thing and like we work when when mark was talking about a b and c shift so there's an a b and a c shift so 
the citizens have coverage 365 days um, a year. And so everybody works that, that we're every third day, we're 24 on, then 48 off. So like I tell people, like every day is Friday, but it's like really not a Friday, but... It, you guys need to move fair. to that schedule. I know you never will, but it's never going to change. Awesome. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 never ever going to change. And like some of our, I mean, everybody's busy now, but like some of our stations, like eighteen and seven stuff like that, they're running 20, 23 calls a shift. So to do that, to run forty six calls in yeah. two days, dude, it'd take you two days to kind of get get there. Like, and then all of our paths are kind of a little bit different. Like I got hired. 29 i was in corporate america like wanted to get the fuck out of there i'm like i'm gonna die behind a computer like ex-military i'm like man what can i do i'm like i'll, I'll go to pa school work like three days a week have four days off i'm like my uncle's a fireman like i'm gonna go see what he does so i went and with him I'm like this is all i'm like yeah i could do this for sure so then i i tested i think i was a firefighter for four or five years engineer for four or five years and then a captain like oh, i've only been on like i've only been on uh, there'll be 14 years and in, in who's your uncle that. where does he work mike Milan. he now works in in Albuquerque. he mm. retires in february he's a little bit older mm. guy which the funny thing is right i'm on a temp on a ladder right now in in Albuquerque. and my uncle and i are, are captains together at the same place because he's on the engine so. you're about 43 yeah oh, so okay. i'll be there probably another three or four weeks or whatever i've been there for about three months and uh, when I sat down at at the chow table for the first time, I'm like, who'd have fucking thought we'd ever be sitting at the sixty? That's, pretty, that's pretty cool. He's like, yeah, you're so dumb. I never thought you'd ever be here. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, now we're here, dummy. Which yeah. is crazy because really you're our west side ladder. So, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, for sure. 43 and, you know, 284 are right next to one yep. another. Yeah, for sure. We get yeah. dispatched on, on my shit together all the fucking time. Yeah. So and, then, um, so, and then we all have a separate business outside the fire service we you know obviously reef builders here and then you have c10 talk so explain i know what it is but explain the difference between c10 talk and c10 nation well really c10 talk uh, came about because i just love the trucks and the pod and, and i i really got into it because i was listening to podcasts a lot it, again i just hit five years so i probably listened to pod go going back to about you know Roughly 2013 is when Pod kind of started coming out. Yep. Leadership stuff, I just kind of dove in, was was loving it, right? Well, then I just said, okay, I know C10 Trucks. Uh, we all kind of came from the old forum. Which You're being this, humble when you say, I know C10 Trucks. Like, uh, I'll I, let Mark tell everybody how much he knows about C10 Trucks. Well, I think, I, think I, I know enough, but I also know a lot of people, right? Yeah. So just like the fire service, I knew, and that was a big thing for me. It was like, I know Dino, I know Sam, I know Joe, I know some of these big players. It just happens to be Phoenix is a hotbed, and, and at the time really was a big hotbed, and it, we came from the old forum, the 67 to 72 Chevy right. Truck Forum, which is funny because people are like, well, I like 63s, I like 74s. It's like they're all in there. It's just a shitty name. Right. But we all kind of came together, and I was like, dude, there's no way that people aren't going to dig listening to the people behind the truck. And so that's yeah. how I kind of got into the podcast. But I think like a lot of guys – not only just a second job, but even a third job, whereas I did for 17 years, I just started getting out of it, but we have Intel. And so we uh, did a lot of hazmat TRT training for Intel because I was a hazmat TRT guy. So then you just eventually kind of, for the audience, that's hazmat response and then technical rescue kind of comes from the latter stuff. And then you do all the stuff. So we have corporate America in our backyard and gotcha. it was like, how we'll do some teaching and some training. So I worked for a company doing that. 
And then eventually the podcast became to where it took so much of my time. What's well, gigantic, dude? How many followers do you have? I didn't realize it until the first time. Like, I'm like, that motherfucker has like 60,000 people. Oh, following. no. He's got way more than that. Really? <laughs> How many, dude? You got to no, know. No, no, no. Well, so going back <laughs> is C10 Nation is just the people. So C10 Talk is the pod. C10 Nation was just a way to give the name to the people uh, of, you know, the C10 community. And there's so many of them. There's. I mean, there's thousands, and social media really has helped all of this. It, it's kind of funny how pod and social media has let this whole thing kind of morph together, whether it's videos, and again, social media is, is a big part of it. But yeah, C10 Talk, we just hit 150 or 150, 151 <laughs> episodes. That's so crazy, I just, dude. I actually just dropped Richard Rawlings, which is probably one of the bigger ones. Absolutely. Now, you know, although Richard, you, you could say, well, he's not really necessarily a C10 guy, right. but he's still an automotive guy, Absolutely. and pretty stoked to have him uh, on. Um, yeah, it's it's a good deal. It's fun. I, he's, I enjoy he's, it. He's being he's being humble. totally humble, dude. Because it's funny because I saw yeah. like on your Instagram page your Richard Rollins shit. I was like, that motherfucker is everywhere. <laughs> like Ronnie's everywhere, dude. I was like, he's so gangster, man. Oh, dude, just well, he's got Josh Freeman there. Yeah. So, and, no, but now Freeman's not there now. Well, what I mean though is Josh is a huge C10 guy. Oh, for sure. And yeah. um, you know, Ronnie knows Josh. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, the, the, those two kind of clicked. Like, I did think. you ever think it was gonna ever be like this for you? Not really. Yeah. Cause not, not to the level. I think the key is is C10s. People come up to me and they'll be like, "Oh, how long have you been doing the podcast?" And I'll say five years, and they're like, "Oh, you you were into C10s before they were cool." And what that, <laughs> like, it's what? just because they're so popular right now. So right. whether Ken Diggett's doing them or Richard Rawlings or Chip reef Builders or Reef Builders <laughs> or, or, or Barbie, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't really matter. They're, they're almost to the point where you're like, okay, it's eventually going to kind of run out. Like it's so popular at what point. Yeah. And I just tell people is we in life, especially us, because we're all kind of like around the same age. Yeah, yeah. It's like we've seen cool movements, whatever movement it might have been from Pepsi to Michael Jackson to whatever it was, you know, country songs in the 90s. I, right. I don't care. But the bottom line is, is now we should know by now that we're smart enough to say we're in a movement. Don't don't look back on it. Just be in it. Yeah, and, be and present. Ha- right? and, and have fun. Yeah. And that's a, that's what I kind of just try to tell people is like we're in it. Have fun, enjoy the time, and uh, and we'll all evolve to other things. And people will get tired of looking at C10s. I don't think I really will. I mean, I'm really. I don't passionate. think a lot of people will, dude. Like those trucks have been cool since I've been a fucking kid. 100. percent Yeah, I don't. Like I don't know. And I think now it's just more mainstream. So like I tell people all the time, I'm like, I'll fucking drive a 55 Bel Air or, or or 63 truck over a Ferrari all day long. 100. I'm like, you can go out on the shelf and buy that thing. Like you can't just buy this fucking thing. Yeah. You got to earn this thing for sure. It's funny to talk to people, especially the, I love that I have the fire guys to talk to and bounce things off of that yeah. have no idea about trucks. And you can say like, oh that that's an eighty thousand dollar truck, and they'll be like, how the fuck is that eighty thousand dollar truck? That's a C10. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, well listen, that's just metal around eighty thousand yeah. dollars worth of. Stuff. Well, yeah. what they understand though is if you go buy a brand new F three fifty Platinum and you're going to spend one hundred fifteen thousand, they understand that. But then you yeah. show them an eighty thousand dollar truck, and that's what they're comparing it to, and they don't compare. Yeah, no, so. yeah, eighty thousand much better. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but like I said, like you were saying, there's there's not going to be most likely that eighty thousand dollar truck. There's nothing else like it. Yeah, you go buy that one hundred fifteen thousand dollar truck that maybe Reef Builders just bought, but yeah, no, no, you, you could have a whole. Fle- <laughs> you, what I'm saying is you could have a whole fleet of those. Oh, yeah, and they're all going to look the same. Well, yeah. not only that, but they'd appreciate right. you know pretty fast. And that's another thing I always tell guys. I'm like, hey, listen, if you want a nice truck, go get a nice truck. You want to pull your camper and take the family out, 
But if you're going to drop eighty five to you know a hundred thousand, you can you can literally. I mean, Jason Bone is a perfect example. You can go buy an old square body, put a Cummins in it, and you got twenty five thousand dollar truck, right? And that thing will stay you know at twenty five thousand for more. a long time. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that other truck's going to depreciate. But but I also think guys, you kind of have to look at the lineage of our parents. And some of those guys were, and I'll interview guys, and they'll be like, oh, my dad bought a new truck every three years. You know, and hmm. I don't really think that's going to happen anytime right. soon. Um, another thing I like to look at is, and I'll just kind of put you on the spot. What do you think, and you like the 63s. What mm-hmm. do you think a 1963, if you went to the store, like, you know, or went to the dealership. Right. How much did that cost? Oh, back in the day? Yeah. Like 1500 bucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A nice 72 Cheyenne was twenty-seven to $3,200. You know, so you think about that. You're like, okay, how the fuck does that happen? Oh, yeah. I mean, because you think about the math. You're like, these trucks now, you know, a Lariat, a, you know, whatever the addition is, they're 85000 Now, Cummins or, or, or if it's a Duramax or something like that or a Power Stroke, but... It's a lot of money. I, I don't know where the money comes from. I don't know either. I'm like, there's prices. Not, prices are out of control. Yeah. Well, I'm just not that way. Like, mm-hmm. I, I would never spend that much. Like, 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 I'm fucking live small anyway. Like, I don't care how much money I have. I always live small. Like, how can I spend eighty five thousand dollars on a truck and I bought my house for one hundred fifty five thousand? Like, there ain't no way. I'm just not doing that shit at, at all. But so, but, we, like we talked about before, we went on air. A lot of guys, they probably live the opposite. Right. Oh yeah, living so, big. Yeah, so they're the thirty-five thousand dollar millionaires. <laughs> yeah, you know, and they, they got the cool watch, cut a couple of nice slacks and shoes, and then whatever they're driving, right? Whether it's a truck or some sports car. Yep. And they're like living in their apartment or mom's basement. But I think guys like us, especially guys like us, like we're we're in life for the experience, not for the things. Like 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 you're gonna rebuild the truck for the experience, not because I can tell someone I have an eighty thousand dollar truck. Like, yeah. dude, what what it took to get this truck from here to point Z? Like, that's the fucking fun part. Like, after it's over, it's like, all right, what's next? Yeah, what's <laughs> the journey? It's all about the journey. It is. Absolutely. There's that post going around online for a little while. It shows a guy holding up a, like a twenty five dollar t shirt, you know, and he says, you know, I'd rather spend twenty five hundred dollars on a set of wheels than twenty five dollars yeah. on a t shirt. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. And then like, so. There's a podcast, there's that stuff, and then you obviously pick a project to do every so often. Yeah, I, I think what happened with me is um, I have too many projects, and so I'm kind of like trying to figure out. Like we remodeled the house, so my wife and I we generaled the house. Oh and yeah, then, and then Mark we, was telling me, and then we remodeled an old house, so that kind of took up a lot of time in between what was Yellowstone, right? And that was one of my bigger projects. But yeah, I think I've got. Unfortunately or fortunately, I've got I've got them backlogged. But right. I think a lot of guys that are creative and the juices flow and and the insta wiener world we live in probably mm-hmm. makes things move faster than you know you can almost keep up. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I think you just the, the biggest thing for me, the number one thing in my life every day is I just try to wake up and say balance because otherwise I if like I didn't it. have like my wife and my kids, yep. I would have absolutely no fucking balance. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and for me too, it's like balance for everything, right? Family, training fire department, this kind of shit. And like, we're obviously dudes that have to have a creative outlet. That's why we're like, we're here right now. It's because like, that's how the trucks are. So what was your first truck that you named? Cause we're going to get to your trucks, Mark. Uh, my f- first truck that I named, oh man, I've named so many. I still have my first C10. I don't have my, my first what? truck was a K10. Okay. And then I sold that and I sold it to this guy. Um, it was, ends up being the neighbor of this guy. That's the professor. He does a lot of stuff with the syndicate guys. He lives up in, um, New River. 
he was my he was my go-to. He back in the day in Phoenix, there was a place off Broadway. It was called Jurassic Parts, and he oh, yeah. and, Dude, and Dave he works at West Tech now. It was Metro Tech, and then he went to West Tech. But Dave's always been a, a big '67 to '72 guy, and he had like a salvage yard. And I I met him, and I was just like, "Dude, this guy is like God to me." And he was he is such a genuine, just a really great guy. So I had a K10, sold it to his neighbor, and then I picked up a C10, and I still have that C10. I bought it from the original owner. Uh, she, of all things, bought it uh, at Lugra, or no, uh, Rudolph okay. Chevrolet. Yep. It still has Rudolph Chevrolet on it, and then it, that became Lugrub, and then they sold to Power. What year was it? It's a 72 Cheyenne, orange and white. It's, okay. it's, so that's one of those things where I drove it daily in the fire department and everything yep. else, and then uh, the motor started acting up, so I pulled the motor, and it's never been back in. And so <laughs> it's a 72 short bed, tool drive. And it's to the point now where I've let it sit so long that I think my plan of you know putting a four six or dropping it or whatever is all gone, and I just want to I want to make it an OG classic resto. So it's full height, looks like it's four wheel drive, yep. and and really just a more of a purist. Yep. Uh, so as long as it sits there that long, but I know that it's a forty thousand dollar minimum, you know. <laughs> right, so yeah. that's why it really hasn't happened. Once Maybe the kids like get doing their thing and right. go on so on and so forth and I'll, I'll jump into that build but so, Ronnie's even got his kids into it too his, oh, I know. his, his, his son's building slice. a truck right now too yeah well his son's building a truck he right helped now. you do orange slice too, yeah yeah right? he's a builder he's he, just to try to keep him out of out of trouble or whatever right. he's doing but he's a builder he actually went up to uh, Metal Oxes they're doing a SEMA build yeah they're gonna do our 79 long bed oh dude it works yeah. so good he well I'll probably hit him up there again this weekend and I went up there and I take him with me because it, it's up hard. there in Peoria yeah, yeah. yeah. well it's, it's far, an hour for me for us it's far yeah, West is. side guys. We don't make our way up there unless we have it to. It is, man. It, it's far. I was telling uh, Travis from AZ Pro today. I was talking to him. He goes, man, I got to get up there. And I'm all, what's not that bad? And he goes, it's over an hour for me. It took me an hour and 10 to get to Travis's last Cars and oh, Coffee. Oh, dude. It's, yeah. yeah, it's far. Fuck, dude. That's super far. So bottom line is he's a builder. I mean, he's. He, I don't know that he'll be you know a builder mechanic in life, but he's right. definitely a, a builder. And he, he like kind of gets into that. And then I'm lucky. Um, her, my wife's grandpa, has given me... I have a 72 K20. That Is that the I, one in Montana? Uh, no. That, so, that was no, your dad. That's my dad. I'm, okay. That's where yeah. I'm from. Then, then her dad. Um, so the grandpa gave me a truck that to give him, and uh, he calls me. He's like, hey, I got this long bed 72, and I've, I'm a big 72 guy. So I got my eye on this thing. And he goes, hey, I want to sell it to this guy who wants to buy it. And I said, well, hey, if you're going to sell it, I'll buy it, and I'll give it to my son. His name's Payson. And he goes, well, if you're going to give it to Payson, I'll just give it to you. So we go up there and we get it. We bring it home. Deal. Yeah, I'm like, no problem. <laughs> okay, well, over the course of time, at the time he was like 11 or 12, and it was like, okay, we'll start this build. We'll start this build. He ends up saying to me, he goes, I like my papa's truck, which is a 66. Okay. Well, that same truck came from the great-grandpa, the gotcha. one that gave me mm -hmm. the 72. Yep. So he has a 66 GMC short bed step side, and he's already got the LS. How old is he? He's he's 17. He's a senior. I feel so bad for your son. Poor guy. <laughs> Dude, how does he get through the day? He's broke, though. He's <laughs> yeah, so broke. Of course he's broke. So, so he still owes me for the motor. That's right. And, and, and he's like, I thought we were going to have it done for the get down. And I was yeah. like, well, that would be the goal. But there's... Again, balance. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to spoon. I'm not paying you for this whole thing. I'm not building yeah. this truck for you. For sure. You got to get off the video games and you got to work and you got to make money. I like it. And then uh, we'll Old put school. the truck together. So, how close is it? No, it's not even close. <laughs> the motor is pretty much, he spent, it's funny because some of the LS builders that we're friends with, like uh, Jason Bowman, who's a, one of the go to guys, and then Johnny G, uh, we're friends with those guys. And 
he tore it apart. He had no business tearing it apart, but he but he's a builder, so right. he loves to tear shit apart. And he probably has at least a, a cool fifteen hundred of aftermarket stuff that he put in this LS that he didn't yeah. really need to. Some of that comes from YouTube, where the kids sit around, they watch this stuff, and they see every meme or Instagram. It's like stock internals with this turbo, right? Well, he thinks everything has to be Hoonigan. Right. And I'm like, bro, I, I love where you're at, but your truck can't handle more than 500 horsepower. The yeah. way, you know, four, six static you're drop. Ran, you're, 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 yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you could just leave the motor alone, you right. know. But another really funny story Plus, about my If son. you gave me a 500 horsepower engine when I was 17, yeah. I'd probably be dead. Yeah, I, I, that's what I told him. And he wants a six-speed, which is cool. So he he wants a, a manual six-speed. Yep. So he's got to save up for that. And He's got a while. So maybe maybe Dino's get down 2023. Uh, my goal is to have that thing and, and have him so he can drive it by next summer because he's got my OBS that he's driving in the meantime. And so I'm like, dude, I'm ready to chomp on that. Right. But you're, you know, I don't want to put any time or money into that because you're – you know, just going to trash it. So yeah. I don't want to spend a bunch of money on that. And so it's, again, it's a balance, but I got to tell you this funny story, kind of co- talking about kids and, and what we were talking about off air is how companies can get to young men and we're easy, man. We're so easy. Oh yeah. So he's working at GSI has a summertime job, which is an actual pretty perfect, good job. perfect job for him. He's yeah. making good money, learning, learning yeah. a ton. And, and he had borrowed uh, Jason Bowman's uh, Snap-on Impact, mm. and, uh, or Torque Wrench, I should say. And so, so I kind of chewed his ass because I'm like, listen, dude, Jason's a mechanic by – that's him, how he makes his living. His if you borrow his, you know, imp- or his Torque Wrench, you need to return that. So it had been sitting at the house a few times because he was working on his LS. So one day he comes home and he's got his own Snap-on – torque wrench yeah. and i'm like how much you pay for that dude so the snap on guy payments just, got him dude got the him. snap-on guy got, got to him. my kid got uh, him. and, uh. and he, it was five hundred dollars <laughs> and I'm, I'm like bro you just spent five hundred dollars he's like no man it comes out of my check dad i'm like you won't even be working there as soon as you go back to school <laughs> and your ass is so dude the snap-on guy and i think he's good now but the snap-on guy was like chasing his ass down because he's like oh yeah i need to sure. get paid on this shit man and i'm sure. like bro you I mean, I think that's cool that you got your fi- – I mean, we all remember, like, blowing our wad on something that we probably didn't need, you know. I'm sure we've done it many. One thing. I do it as men. Yeah, like, right? but <laughs> I at least it was a tool and you got something out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for dude. sure. That's yeah. why I was like, dude, what are you going to do with this thing now? Yeah. It's, like, shiny. It's in his room. I'm like, all right, you yeah. better go fucking torque something. You know what, man. though? He'll probably own that forever. I hope he does. Yeah. And yeah. – I'll not to not 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 to defend your kid, but Andy's learning something, dude. That like these kids now said, how many seventeen year old kids know anything about anything? One hundred percent. And I, so I, like, I tell him that that's all a time. tough one. Right? I'm like, like bro, <laughs> I love the experience. I didn't choose as I'm like, it's your money. You can do whatever right. you want, right? But I'm like, and I've told him this since he was a little kid. I'm like, listen, you can fix things in your generation. I'm like, you will always have a job. Oh yeah. Don't yeah. shock yourself. You're always gonna have a job. Yeah. Well, I think like like one of the podcasts I was on. Like there's really and, and you guys see it like like the younger members that get hired they have zero skills like dudes like can you help me put a faucet in I'm like it's what like change the toilet like it's two bolts man like easy stuff but yeah for a 17 year old kid to learn that I was lucky too because my dad was a painter so I you know I spent time in the paint shop standing on cars stuff like that like without my dad you know doing shit and like he, he could wrench a little bit on basic stuff so I, I learned that stuff but now it's like kids don't you don't ever get that shit it's funny because. When you were doing that stuff with your dad, you weren't happy about it. When your dad was taking you to school with the paint, (laughs) you weren't happy about it. And I tell you what, when you this is what's so cool about life. If you look back, you're like, 
I wouldn't change that for anything. Nope. And I'm so glad you took my ass to school in that, you know, that truck. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you made me do all this stuff. And at the time, they're just fighting you on it the whole time. You know? Yeah. And my dad was like a nine-time national champion, like two-time world champion powerlifter, like 165 pounds, bench over 400 pounds, squat and dead over six. So whatever he said, I was pretty much just going, yeah. Yeah. There was no going, no, or back talking. I'm like, no. Because him and all his meathead buddies used to train like at the house. So I'm like, yeah, whatever those guys tell me to do, I'm just going to say yes, cool. sir, and go do it. Okay, <laughs> that's it. Your first truck. My first C10 was the 63. Yeah, talk, uh, tell, tell that, sir. That's so I bought it from another Peoria fireman at the time. It was an original farm truck from Casa Grande. You know, its whole life was in Arizona. How much did you buy it for? I'd be guessing because I probably started I probably started that build in maybe 02 or 03. Okay. You know, it wasn't done until 2007. Five years? Five years, Ooh, yeah. That's not A-shift speed. No, Um but uh, I bought it from another fireman, and uh, it just had uh, granny gears. I just remember driving it home on I-17, and uh, I couldn't do more than about 45 miles per hour, <laughs> you know. And I got it home and pretty much just started tearing it apart right away. Really? I didn't really know what I had because it was a 63 big window. Yeah. You know, it was um, my introduction in the C-10 world. When I was younger, I didn't even know they were C10. They were C10s. I just knew my grandpa had this '65 Chevy so short bed, small close. window, you know, white patina. He had bought it brand new, and uh, he was kind of he was my mentor. I grew up in a, uh, you know, with just my mom. Right. So there was no father figure. So my grandpa was my father figure. So we would go hunting, shooting. Not a bad father and, figure to have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we would always be in this. Uh, 65 Chevy pickup with his hula girl on the dash that was all sun faded <laughs> yeah. and his uh his his fan that plugged into the cigarette lighter that's how you turned it on and off was plug it into the cigarette lighter or not and I just the smells and the 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 draw of the truck and as I was getting closer to being able to drive I always told my grandpa is there any way that I could buy this and he goes it belongs to your uncle you know I'm gonna give it to your uncle and my uncle was a dirtbag, and you know he, he didn't even own the thing for maybe a year or two. And the story was he sold it. The story was that it was sitting in a parking lot, and somebody hit it and, and totaled it. Liar. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. But um, so that was my when I saw the '63. Uh, I can't even say it, it brought back memories or anything like that. I, I was just drawn to it. Yeah. And then the endless cycle of dumping every extra penny you had into it. At that time, well, your your build was way before its time, dude. Like, well, before that, before, its before time? that, I'd done my first truck. I still remember the first car show, truck show I ever went to, and it's always been trucks or SUVs, depending on you know what I'm doing. But it's always been Chevys, right? Um, but my first C10 was at 63. Before that, in about uh, 2000, 2001, that was my first magazine slash SEMA truck, and that was a O2. Chevy pickup truck that I put way too much money in and right. uh, you know but that's how I kind of caught the bug was as soon as you get one magazine and now you have people calling you going hey you know can we put this part on there hey what's your next plan what are you going to do next then it kind of just escalates from there and um, you know that 63 still exists it's in yeah, all, it's, you it's in all, pictures on, yeah, on yeah, eBay right the guy still has the markbarbie.com on the back window like Does the he? stick everything about it and uh, he still has the hot wheels toy he still has the award yeah cuz they made i sent him because hot wheels made a truck out of it right yeah so there's a picture of me on my on my instagram account of 
And again, it's that was 2007, so I'm having a brain fart on the guy from Mattel. This is the guy who ran Mattel. Story is, I'm in this booth, this wheel booth, with a couple other big builders, and uh, I'm away. I'm I'm away. I'm not at the truck. And the guy who was running the booth for the wheel company calls me and goes, "Hey, they dropped the sign on your truck. You need to get back here." So, but I'm in the I'm in the convention center, so I'm hauling I'm hauling ass back yeah. there. How old are you? Uh, 2007, so 20. 29 oh wow yeah and uh and so uh make a long story short obviously nobody dropped a sign on my truck and there's this guy who's running mattel handing you know shaking my hand and saying that you know they were in the building overnight and they chose this to be the winner of the hot wheels best custom truck at sema and that they were going to make it into a toy and blah 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 this and that and so the c10s that you saw going around in mattel that had the surfboard in the back right that's how the majority of them were sold was with the surfboard in the back was was based off that truck and then they made me a one-off toy and gave me all this documentation to say hey this is the hot wheels truck no check though huh no there's no check <laughs> but it's i still have that i yeah. have one there's guys that will still send me messages on yeah. social media to say hey i found another one or hey i found this one because i was um you know as i got older i, I would rather put my money into the actual trucks than the hot wheel the actual hot wheels toys right right and I figured the actual toy, the one-off toy they gave me in this nice little case was probably the majority of the value between the actual truck and the toy because <laughs> right. this was a one-off Hot Wheels toy, right? Right. But um, yeah, that's, I, was, I was shooting for sky's the limit. Like right after that, I put it up for sale. And, um, you know, I was asking six figures for it. So we buy it? Oh, no, not for six figures. <laughs> so this is the whole Sorry. point. You know, you have, uh, you can stick all this money into these vehicles and you're not going to get your money. You want to be like the third or fourth guy in line on these vehicles. That's how you're going to break even, if not make a couple bucks. You, first or second guy, to, the builder definitely doesn't make any money. The guy who buys it, probably not going to make any money but if you're second third and beyond you right. you might be able to do okay to be fair to the audience so this he's talking like level like yeah level 10 go up about four more yeah. i mean really right yeah. so your yeah. truck your 63 was beyond not only like brandon said was it way ahead of its time like 10 years 11 but years. i'm gonna say yeah. that for that for that day meaning oh 100 yeah I agree. so today Today, that's what guys are building. They're building similar, maybe not to the You're extent of reversing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like guys like more the, the original look, but you know, on GSI frames or yeah. you know, and, Those, and big in twenties, twenty four, you know, whatever. Those they guys like that look. I'm not saying. About, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> SEMA, I would say SEMA builders is how I would say. It. Yeah. So that truck was perfect. That, that truck was perfect for SEMA. Yeah, I mean it, yeah. but it wasn't built to drive down the road. It wasn't. Yeah. I mean, you could. I drove it up and down I seventeen. You know, but if you want to see that truck, go to his Instagram page. It's but it's, it's way down at the bottom. I mean, yeah, that's you'd have to scroll all the way to the bottom. It's all over the place. Yeah. Oh, shit, I was looking yeah. at it today, dude. Uh, okay, <laughs> I think people will will see it and they probably maybe if they're in the C ten community they'll be like, oh yeah. shit, that's the truck they're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, Arizona uh, boy. Yeah, if you just even if you just googled Mark Barbie C10, it comes up. Right. Yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. I yeah. think like 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 because there's there's no there's not a lot of close-up pictures in there, but I show people all the time like look at this thing, dude. Like this thing's how much money did you have in that thing? Oh, I know. I I probably had. I mean, even now you're talking about. So that was maybe my second or third build. So I got free parts. Yeah. I'm, because it's going to SEMA, a lot of times SEMA's a, a big, uh, it's like the, I, did, I always describe it as the Super Bowl of car shows. Yeah. It's in Las Vegas. It's at the convention center. Three million square feet. Oh my God. It's, yeah, it's three, you it's, can't even it's, see it all. Between, it's, between, it's, between, you need to put it on your bucket, you need to put on your bucket yeah. list. Go, go sooner than later because I think it's either going to get either 
more crazy or it's going to... I don't know. I don't think it'll stay the same. So yeah, go, they go might, in the next couple of years. They might do like four SEMAs, like, like, uh, like kind of... You could get press credentials pretty easy. I don't even know how. It's easy. It's, it's like easy. 35 bucks for a ticket. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, um, so once you, once you get going, once they know you're going to this, then people will give you wheels or tires. You know, that tends to be the big things gotcha. that you get are wheels and tires. But uh, um, still about probably 70 grand. Damn. Yeah, because you know, you I view you guys as real like truck guys like i feel like i view myself as like a fucking kind of a truck guy even though i paint our shit we build our stuff like you guys know, I know. so much more and you've done so much more than what i'll ever do in this lifetime but like you guys are real car guys i've seen you paint you can paint yeah well that's just that, that's just a skill my dad <laughs> that, taught me that tends to be one of the most expensive, most expensive things you yeah, can do to sure. a vehicle yeah i yeah. think you're selling yourself short i yeah. think that i think that there's a certain level where some guys especially in the c10 world they um and, and you're excluded mark especially because you were there so early but some guys they may not be as much of a builder they just are more of a, a marketer and can you know excrete well, things I would, put them all together i would consider myself that now yeah at, at my age now and you know having young kids at home and running a side business i am uh and, and you know you might some people might want to knock me down in the c10 world for that i can tell you that's because fuck those if, guys, yeah. like those guys <laughs> yeah. Yeah. no what i'm saying is sometimes come uh, tell to your face yeah is uh <laughs> he's a big dude is uh <laughs> is i would like uh so today, I just picked up my dually, uh, my square body dually from Todd at Lowboy. Yeah, so tell me what you're driving now. Well, right now, today I have an 81 C30 dually, regular cab. So I picked it up from Todd. He put in a new bed floor for me, bed liner, changed the gears. Right. So I can tell you, I could take the bed apart and put it back together. That's not what I took it to Todd for, but I don't do spray in bed liners. I don't yeah. do rear gears. Yeah. Um, well, the, a lot of guys don't do Yeah, that's same. what, but what I'm saying is, so I, I'm not going to sit here and claim I could do it all, but you know what I can do? If you want to send me a complete interior package i can tear an interior part back together i can pull it take a motor out and stab it back in but i'm not a painter i'm not a gear guy right. there's a you know i know my limitations but where i was going with that is with me having my side business a lot of times right now where i'm at in my life with my young kids we homeschool also so it's much easier for me to take it to somebody else and pay them yeah. within reason yeah. and and for me to go out and and make my money and yeah. spend time with my family like you were like we were talking about earlier is it's all about balance but honestly is I don't know anyone that does everything on a vehicle. I don't know anybody that can wire it, glass, bodywork, paint, suspension, motor work. Like someone, you have to send it. Even the really, really good, talented guys, they send something out, upholstery, something like that. Like no one's doing all that stuff, you know, themselves. Do you know anybody? No, I, I agree. I, I I think they're out there, but I think so much of it is like back in the day when our dads would. I look at it like the, they'd fix our, their own lawnmower. Now, yeah. now. So many companies have popped up in our generations or, or in the last 30 years where it's like it's so much easier for me just to go fix or send that to Brandon's you know small engine services and have them fix it. Or Metalox, right? Yeah, 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 or something like that where it's like all these little things. I kind of, again, not to lose what we were saying is I think guys like you, though, when you say I'm not you know that certain level of a builder. Right. I feel like you are the actual builder, though. You're the, you're the main you know guy out there that I had a, one of the companies that I represent for the podcast – and the guy was like, which is, uh, yeah, I'm going to say, <laughs> but, say. <laughs> but the guy, the guy was like, he was kind of telling me like, for example, he was like, well, that guy doesn't meaning the top, top 5%, let's just say the SEMA yeah. builders. He's like, well, that guy's not buying parts for me. And I'm like, you, you've lost it. That's not yeah. the guy I'm trying to sell parts to. Right. He doesn't need to buy parts from you. He can make a call and say, send me this. Cause I'm taking this truck to SEMA. Right. I'm trying to sell parts to Brandon. I'm trying yeah. to sell parts to the to the guy, the builder, the shade tree, yep. the guy on the side of his yard. 
those are the guys that are really the lifeblood of the C10 community. For sure. And uh, they're putting everything they got into this truck. They, they can't wait for the next meetup. They can't wait for this. They don't care about necessarily the shine or representing this company. They just want to build a rad-ass little truck and put their family in it and have that balance and so on and so forth. Where I'm going with that is I just that I feel like guys like you that say, well, I'm not really that level, but we – it's all. It takes all facets of builders and, and right. different guys that are building. I agree. In, in the community, for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and and there's a lot. And even the dudes that out there that don't do anything to their trucks, like they or they don't have the skills or ability to. I'm okay with that, man. Like as long as you like Chevy trucks or any kind of truck, because I, I like. I, I would never probably rebuild a Ford. Like my mechanic buddy loves F100s. Like they look cool when they're all yeah. done up, but not for me. But as long as you're a truck guy and you actually give a shit about them, that's all I care about. I agree for sure. Yeah, but. even Dino. I mean, Dino always kind of says he's the backyard ham and agar. Dude, Dino hasn't. He doesn't build as much as he used to, right? right? He's like but well, again, he's, he's you know, he, I think he's where where I'm at right now as 100%. far as he's got a business, a yeah. successful business, and uh, when you can spend your time on that, focus, build it, your business. It's yeah. it's not the trucks are fun. Yeah, they're um, not your main income. But it's not making well, the, income. He's actually spending money on it. You know, you're, you're losing money. You too. Huh? Trucks will consume you. Like oh, yeah. a build oh, will yeah. consume you. Like, like if you let it look at your face. <laughs> like I know I've been there. For sure. Well, one thing too, and I, I'm definitely not you know trying to take over the podcast, but as we're on C10s, <laughs> you are from afar. You know, if you look back to your you know SEMA build, mm-hmm. and. I feel like you're the type of guy, I'm almost kind of alluding to this or, or going with this from the TLO thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you can keep the balance. like Because you're, you're an all-in guy. So yeah. since meeting Brandon, once in a blue moon, he'll send me a text. Hey, watch this video. Or hey, listen to this. Or um, here's a book. He's big on that. Hey, I suggest you read this book. Pop-up because, books. Like yeah, pop-up because books. Cause he knows you know that I have a, a business. He's a businessman. Tell you your know. business, dude. Uh, I teach medical certifications to the medical world. Um, like on, EMT, on medics? No, doctors, it? nurses. Really? I, yeah, yeah. What I do you teach? Uh, ACLS, BLS, and PALS. So oh, I have wow. my own training center where I go around and instead of a doctor sitting in a six-hour to five-day ACLS class, he meets me at his office at the hospital and I do it in a fraction of the time. So you're highly customized, like I'm a, one-off. I'm, uh, let's you're a one-off guy, dude. Let's call it a boutique training center. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah, Sounds yeah. very cute. Like boat, like your boutique uh, uh, commercial project? Oh, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it's exactly. Barbie Boutique. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> hey, you know what? The, uh, one of, the, one of the, my magazines titles was barbie's doll oh yeah, uh, yeah that's good of, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if i would call that good but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, i didn't i didn't i didn't pick i didn't pick that yeah. <laughs> um what, what were we talking about your business oh the boutique so, no yeah um you doing mouth to mouth with the doctors no yeah. no no <laughs> yeah. uh, the hot ones yeah i got uh i'm pretty fortunate this year so i've been doing that since 2010 the the side business See, i was teaching that's not a side business bro. well i was te- i was teaching business. at uh like midwestern and some of the community colleges mm-hmm. for these weekend acls classes right. and seeing these people who are attending going you know this guy's been a doctor for 15 years and he's going to sit here and listen to a couple firemen teach him he doesn't need this you right. know he needs somebody to just give him the updates tell me what's current and answer any questions I might have and move on. Right. And so, um, but this year I hired another fireman, which is How's unlucky. That it's it's great, man. He's Good. taken over just my CPR classes. So when I we, we don't we don't do CPR one on one. It has to be groups. Right. So uh, he's doing those for me, and um, it's a little scary. I'm I'm sure you have a lot of employees, so oh, yeah. it's scary. You know. Got to um, empower them though, man. Yeah, Got to yeah. empower them to do their job. Trust them. Trust them to do it. Um, yeah. So that that business is going well, and. 
you know, how I said earlier is we have an eight-year-old and 10-year-old little girls at home. We, we homeschool. My wife stays home with them. So right. with our schedule being gone for 48 hours, a lot of times she needs a break when I get home, it's you know, bad. being with the kids 24-7, you know, so the balance. So yeah. uh, what I was going earlier with uh, when you asked me that question is Brandon sent me all these, these, these oh, books and these other things like to read, yeah. is now my balance is lists. So literally, if I know, so right now I have the 2019 SEMA build going. Yesterday, I, no, this morning, I picked up the Blazer from Grunion. Um, and oh, then I forget, I you just got a Blazer, too. And then I picked up the Dually from Lowboy on the same day. This is on the same day. I dropped the 2019 <laughs> off at Kurt to do exhaust this morning. But you know what I did last night is I'm, I literally make a list. So, and then I just start, I put a check mark next to it, meaning if I called somebody and maybe I didn't get my answer, but if I've dealt with it, then I cross it off my list. Yeah. And to balance and stay sane, yeah, efficiency. you know, you have to do those kinds of things. Um, and you're, and you're getting ready to be promoted or you're going to promote, right? No, he's no, no, no. I took, uh, yeah, I took the battalion chief's test. Chef. I came out number six and they're only promoting three. Oh, shit. So no, yeah, that won't happen. But, uh, starting in January, uh, I'm going to be take a, I took a BSO position. So what's I'll, that? Uh, that that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fit. Okay. So, so yeah, we call them fits. Well, it's going, it's going, the it's person going, that drives the chief. Dri- it's going, driving, it's going as Daisy for a living. Exactly. It's going back now and we all got to wear green helmets now too oh, yeah, it is going back to green helmet battalion safety officer so you can thank chris stewart for that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was just on your episode three right oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. stewart was on there yeah, yeah you thank him for that yeah bso that were fit i fitted for dave nunez for about a year probably mm-hmm. the greatest job ever yeah i did it i did it for a year and a half yeah. you can't do anything less than a fit yeah <laughs> oh you can be a utility driver yeah well actually you have to get up it yeah yeah, yeah. Right. yeah i think no. i think if the fits going then the u-boat's going so yeah absolutely yeah. i was like oh yeah you're totally 100% right yeah so, i liked it It was a little slow for me but yeah it was. Now, this one with our so we only have two battalions mm-hmm. uh how many how many stations do you guys have eight eight stations eight stations uh and uh, we're out at the lake now. That's a big one. I was at the lake all last year. I know, so you're everyone all out excited. there's yeah, no. everyone out there's rescue swimmer boat operator. They like to think you themselves as, as, the, as the Navy SEALs. You're of the a superhero, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the the rescue swimmer boat operators. They're they're RSB rescue swimmer yeah. boat. They like to butt heads with the TRT guys, and TRT guys think they're the Navy SEALs of the Peoria, and yeah. the RSB guys think they're the Navy SEALs. Technically. You would be the equivalent in 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 the Navy of a SWIC. So there's Swiftwater Combat Crewmen. They're uh, they're they're the ones that drive. Well, I was the first one in Peoria that was a SWAT medic and RSB. Yeah. So I would I would tell them, well, do you come? Can you come out? Can you carry an AR in the water? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's nobody else. I'm we're one off. Total shifter. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> total shifter. Yeah. You've got a lot. Of, you've got a lot of a little dashes after your name. Yeah. In Telestaff, it's got it's got RSB, SWIC, all these different. I gave up the. Uh, uh, I won out of that RSB yeah. so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. Are you still SWAT medic then too? No, no. I'm just so you in Peoria, you can't be a SWAT medic and a TLO both. Why? So it's just the, the it's a very SWAT medic and and I know it's the same way in Chandler too because I actually had a call from a guy there recently who was testing probably too many calls uh, too many potential to be on call so much gotcha. SWAT medic is very in in the cities that have it because I know Phoenix does not have it where the fire guys are not SWAT medics yeah Phoenix doesn't have that they don't no. give anybody a gun you want another water running hmm. yeah and um, uh, it, it's it's a desirable position they're very mm-hmm. limited and they don't come up for. That, that's not an open position very often. They let you carry a weapon? Oh, yeah. You don't want any firemen carrying yeah. weapons. <laughs> you probably do. Yeah. I mean, should call them cat dogs because yeah. we're like, you're just a cat dog. You do kind of want to be a cop, but you're a fireman. Yeah. So we're like, you, we, remember the little cartoon, dude? Oh, I used yeah. to make this cartoon for this guy all the time. I'm like, dude, listen, you don't know who you are. Are you a cat today? Are you a dog today? You're, you're confused. Who you yeah. are. I, I think Barbies wants to do everything. 
Well, that's what I mean. It is funny to say like you, the balance, but you're all like you're so specialized and you have a lot of training. And then and you think about like your truck, your SEMA truck, mm-hmm. your uh, 63. Mm-hmm. Dude, that thing was, be, I mean, it was advanced. So you're, you're an all-in kind of guy. I think once you realize that it's a cool thing, but it's a I think it's a you have to thing. be, you have to be, I don't care what your personality type is. If you're going to be a fireman, uh, I'm you, you have to be all in. And yeah. I'm not saying because for a lot of us, like it took me three years, three plus years to get hired. Oh, and at sure. that time, at that time, I was told three to five years was the average. Yeah. So, but I was driven. One year? One time. Yeah. 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 No. Well, your skins matches the table, bro. Well, so. And, and your uncle. Were, and, yeah. They were mass hiring and they just held a mirror to my face. It's like, can you fog this up? <laughs> 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 all right, Hold on. Let me check your pulse. Yeah. All right, you're I mean, I'm sure both of you, especially. Uh, I have no uh, middle gear. Well, I'm, I'm saying yeah. you've both. Uh, have you both sat on interview boards oh, before? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You see, even after 18 years. So the last, let's just say it's been a year since I've been on a board. I can sit across and feel the same things that that person, male or female, is feeling in their chest of how nervous they are, how much they want this job. You can really pick that out of people. I had a totally and, different and I, experience. Oh, see, I totally, I totally, I, I wanna, I want, I want uh, that person to be a fireman because we're. What are we really looking for? Roommates, right? Yeah, for we sure. We can teach anybody the job. Oh, yeah. But we're looking for roommates. Can I live with you for the next 20 to 30 years? That's really what we're looking for. I call us high-paid landscapers. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we are. I, like, I think a lot of it comes from when you test and you say you're gonna, it's going to be two, three, four years, mm-hmm. that when you kick that into that high gear, a lot of guys just stay in that gear. Yeah. You know, they're like driven, you know. Well, now we have guys that plenty, you know, that put it in park. Oh, they we want those guys too. Right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. We have some of those guys too, but obviously the three of us are here and we're, you know, more of a high performance uh, personnel and once you put it into that gear, then uh, it doesn't come out of that gear. Sometimes you go on vacation or something you you kick it down cuz sure. again, back to that balance. But, you know, it's uh it is the the job, the personnel, the people. And when you're around other high performing people, you're like, "Well, I'm a slug. I better step yeah. up my shit." <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said when I have no middle gear. I'm either zero or I'm a hundred. Like I go on vacation, turn it off, and just cruise. But but if I'm in something, you need I'm to have a whole around. podcast on the different vacations and different places you've gone. Hey, dude, yeah, my, yeah. Like, I, I, I look that. I look at some of those and I, I, it just makes me want to go. Got to, dude. He just swam with whale sharks. Oh, that just cool. Yeah, yeah. We got, that was a killer trip. Like, yeah. That's the second time I did that too. Uh, Re- awesome, Reef yeah. paid for that. It's yeah. like yeah. two year two <laughs> vacations a year. Reef underwater every day. Guy was with me, we talked about the whole time. So, how would you say is how do you keep balance? So, my deal is, is I'm like you guys, like I got to train, like so I'm up early, like I was up at 3:58 this morning, coming off shift like you in the gym at five o'clock. Did I sent I didn't send it to you, but I sent you the David Goggins uh, 60 second quote where he he was running a 240 fucking mile oh, race, yeah, yeah. got off track. At mile two hundred, yeah, had seven miles off track, so I had to come back seven miles. Medical pulled him. He had pulmonary edema. They sent him to the hospital, and he and he checked himself out probably, and then he finished the fucking race. Ended up doing two hundred fifty five miles, and like I I don't know if I can play it, but but it's they a can look sh- it up. Guys yeah, look they're, it up. They're, yeah, there's a short little clip, and he's like, "You thought you had me, motherfuckers. You thought you had me down only for a second. So like, he's I this Navy SEAL guy yeah. that was a big big. So for me, I got to get up in the morning and I got to train hard, like something I'm on the mountain bike or I pajama wrestle or I'm doing something like that. And then after that, my days seem to be pretty good. And then like here, since, um, you know, people are like, oh man, like you have to be busy all the time. I was busier when I was running all the fitness stuff and I actually ran a VA military program for the fire department too. And all that shit was free or whatever. 
Um, but I'm surrounded by fucking talented people, man. So here, I got a business partner, killer. You know, he runs the operation side. But most days, um, I'm just captain the ship, kind of like on a fire truck. Like I'm, I, I do some work, but I'm really just watching. In. We we run online project management software, so I see everything, every message from every client, every picture that gets updated. Our our our, our superintendents and our project managers upload daily logs, so I get to look at that stuff from afar on my phone. I can be in the gym, so I try and get out of here by four or five o'clock every day, and then I do that stuff. And then the weekends, we like. Us, including our employees, we don't work Saturdays and Sundays. Like we tell our clients, like, hey, our free time is just as important as your free time. Yeah. If it's after six o'clock and you send me a text on something silly, I'm probably not going to answer it. But if it's an emergency, like I'll get right back to you. So I guess what it comes down to is setting boundaries for myself and for our clients and people stuff like that. And then once you can set set those boundaries, and I'm you can set me to a clock, dude. I, like I get that from my dad. My dad's on on the mountain bike four o'clock in the morning all the time. Like he'd be easy to kill. I'm like that motherfucker's gonna be on the mountain bike four o'clock. I think so. if uh... so, consistency, balance. Uh, comes from the boundaries and consistency and then the training keeps my mind right like i find clarity through suffering i'm just sick like that you guys are probably the same way so that's that's kind of sitting here listening to you you know uh maybe other firemen who are business owners have you have you ever had anybody approach you maybe to mentor them you know guys ask me a lot of questions i'm not saying just on the fire side i'm saying from a guy with your uh vast background and I mentor people all the time. I coach them all the time on business stuff, on, on fitness stuff, on whatever. That's just kind of, I think we're all that way because I'm sure you guys, when someone calls you for something. and like I feel you, like you have a lot to offer in, in that area. Yeah. If somebody comes to me and asks me a question about whatever it is, or it's different if you have a probationary firefighter on your right. truck or something. That's it's not what, that's not That's not what I'm talking about. It's, I'm talking about maybe one of your salesmen yep, says, time, you know, like hey, I'm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I coach and mentor people all the time. I'm a consummate coach, dude. Whether it be on a surfboard or a mountain bike, like I'm a consummate coach, and, and that's how that's how I'm always gonna be. Because I want like the people that are around me to be better, yeah. like no matter what. And that's how uh, Chris Stewart's the same way. And I'm gonna call bullshit on you if you're not performing, or I'm gonna pat you on the back if you are. And I think I get that from like you know wrestling and my dad and being in the military and stuff like that. It's like you know, like I want the feedback from from you guys, even from you guys. On, on anything like I always want to get better like continuous improvement that's probably the same shit with you guys that it's kind of probably a sickness that that we have but that well, self-driven right yeah, you for get, sure. you drive and then people are gonna be motivated by you your work ethic and then like you said you bring them up you're like hey if you're behind me I'm gonna tell you whether you're kicking ass or whether you're not yep you know and, and then, I like to have fun like you guys like what we do it's fucking fun right yeah I, I, I'm never like, fuck, I got to go to work and I got to fucking do this. And we all know people like that. But I'm like, we're truly fortunate enough to have a career in the fire service that we love. And then we also are fortunate enough to have a business that we run that we love, too. So it's like, the fuck do we have to bitch about? Well, we, have good, <laughs> we have good roommates, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it's all about. And I'm on a ladder downtown, so we got new guys coming through nonstop. So that's a that's a more work for me. But, again, my crew and we all just step it up. And when you have young guys come in... It makes uh, – somebody said one time, you know, when you have – when you're a grandparent and you have little kids that you're taking care of that keeps you young, it's the same thing. When yep. you got booters coming through all the time, mm-hmm. they keep you young. You're constantly fresh, refreshingly training. You're constantly running downtown. You're looking at roofs. You're looking at building construction. And it's it's uh, fun to get out, fun well, to have coffee. Just like when you're in RTO, right? Yeah. RTO, like you see – like I like I didn't – I was never in RTO, but I did all the physical training. Like you see the excitement in those young dudes' faces are like – like and that keeps you motivated too. So, but like on, on that point, like we're all captains or whatever. I'm gonna kind of switch it from the trucks to, back to the public service thing. Like, how do you guys build your teams and like what's important and, and how do you lead 
and all that kind of stuff. And go Mark or Ronnie or whatever. Go ahead, bro. You know, in our department, that's that's tough. And listening to your episode three, I mean, I know Phoenix is the same way, and I can't speak for Ronnie and Chandler, but we're, we're growing. <laughs> we're growing so fast. Right. So the way we rebid, we rebid our fire department every year. So every November, we, I don't, what, yeah. what does that mean? We rebid everything gets mixed up. So you could never do that. In <laughs> no way, dude. Yeah, they lose in the same spot for twenty guys years. Guys would lose their mind. They'd be crying. Yeah. yeah. So the senior guys will always get their position. <laughs> when you rebid, you mean you're putting the a whole depart- spot, right? Correct. On a, on a truck or a ladder. Or a you're opening or up every position at I think every that's station. Good. We do it every two years. I think yeah. that's good and too. You, you have to do that if you have the forty-eight ninety-six. Yeah. Oh, really? You have to because guys will get crushed. Guys get beat up. Oh, yeah. So you're actually looking out for your members better like because yeah. you know some guys will dig in even at a busy station but on, on the flip side you could have a new guy who gets stuck at a station that runs one call in 48 hours and how are they supposed to progress and and do anything that they want to do when they're at a slow station so rebidding we found that every year worked for us and the whole rebid believe it or not granted we only have 225 you know field personnel right you know it it's the party starts. It's a party. The party starts at nine a.m. <laughs> and it's done by two or three. It's beer, pizza. It's all at a local bar, a fireman-owned bar. So that's how you guys rebid, like, literally. Oh, and wow, it's up that'd on. Be a, fucking fun. There, ours there'd is, be something ours is the same. Yeah. It would be Every fun to be in a smaller type. But what I'm saying like is, that. it's hard to build a crew now. So you're, the captains all bid first in Peoria. Okay. So then it goes by overall seniority. So you could have firemen bidding before engineers okay. and so on. So it just goes by overall seniority. And there's no time. Traditionally, and this might still happen in Phoenix, I don't know, is you would call your captain and go, hey, do you mind? Yep. I'd like to work for you or, you know, I think we'd have a good time. There's not, that does not happen yeah, anymore. It does not, does not happen anymore. You can, we have all these big boards, we call them, uh, every fire station has a whiteboard and, you know, everybody has their interpretation of where I heard this person's going to go there and there, and you're right. trying to play it out, but Just realistically, like a promotional exam. Realist, <laughs> realistically, we'll draft. Yeah, yeah, there's a draft. Realistically, 25 percent of it's probably right. Yeah. You know, um, but um, Just like fire department rumors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so oh, it's sure. hard. It's hard to build your own your own team right now. Well, so I mean, what? I'm, so what, after you get thrown that team that you have, like. You lay start? out your expectations. Okay. So myself as a captain, lay out. Like shave your arms, <laughs> no. work out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lay, out, lay out the expectations and um, don't expect everybody to be 100% all the time. Right. You know, my big thing. But do you lead from the front or you just throw your no. stuff out there? No, no, no. I like to, I like, I like to um, set lead by example. And when I say lead by example, it doesn't mean when we go out and do our skills course or our workout that I feel like I need to be the first one done and right. lift the heaviest weight. I don't, in fact, I'm smart. I'm, lying. I'm smarter than that now because I've been injured so many times. Is I would <laughs> rather, the first. I would rather just stay within range of these new guys. Like basically just be yeah. able to put my hand on them and grab their shirt. If I need to stay that close, but when they go down or they're beat up, this is the time for me to go, you know, I'm here to pick you up and let's, let's continue to move or continue to do whatever job that we need to do. Um, but I think do you, you, do you do other stuff to try and build that team, like dinners at your house, dinners out. Like I think that comes naturally in our Not in for our everybody in our job. But you're a whole nother your your animal. Yeah, your Phoenix animal is different than the Peoria animal. Absolutely. So even I'm number one hundred in Peoria. My badge number is one hundred. Yeah. So we're up in around two fifty right now. But uh, what where I'm going with that is we're still s- small enough where most people come in and you know who they are. Yeah. 
um, or you know their wives, you know how many kids they have, gotcha. and you know we're holding these events, these charity events, or somebody's having a party. Because you're part of some other, like you do something else too, like with charities, right? No, I was on our Peoria Firefighter Charities Board for a okay. long time, but I'm not on that board right now. But gotcha. we are. I'm a member, just like gotcha. anybody else. Um, but uh, I think uh, there's really, uh, as far as um, building that camaraderie, when you're with somebody for 48 hours. I mean, not the 24 hours is a long time, but 48 hours. Yeah. Um, you, you, there's not a whole lot left out. There's not yeah. a, most all the garbage is thrown out on the table or or picked through, and we find it. We'll dig deep okay. until we can find it. So, um, I didn't. I've never even thought about that because we're only 24 hours. Like in 48, like you ain't gonna hide. I'm gonna. T- I'm gonna no tell way, you the right? worst thing. I don't know if Ronnie agrees with me, and because again, that in Chandler, I know they <laughs> they work the same schedule. By hour 36, so I always say day two at dinner. I've checked out. As far as wanting to be there. Right. I, I'm at the station. I'm going, you know, uh, because be, I'm that. You better be careful, dude. What? So your BC is going to hear that uh, shit. No, no, no. They're going to freaking be like, dude, we're getting rid of the schedule. No, no, no. The, no and I'm not saying physic. It's not a physical thing. It's right. that You're I know. Family. It's that I, it's definitely missing my family. Is yeah. I want I'll, I miss my kids and right. I want to see my wife. But um, is that list that I told you I do almost yeah. daily is already starting to build in my head. <laughs> so I'm feeling the anxiety of sure. I need to go home and I need to start working on this list right. of these things that I need to do on my four days off. So I, I guess I should uh, take a step back. It's not the checkout of the job. It's the checkout of uh, my, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to go home. Yeah. People are listening like, Boo-hoo. Yeah. yeah. Four days. Totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Four days is, is awesome. The well, thing, the thing about it is when I talk to a lot of people, there's no way to justify it. There's no way. It's not. It's inexcusable mm. to sit here when some guy's grinding 60 hours a week at a corporate job. Yeah. But what happens is when you have that time, and for us, for Mark and I, it's a 48 hour or 96 hours. Right. It, when you have that time and you're a high-performing person, you know what you do with that time? Oh, yeah. You fill that time full of shit. Oh, yeah. Whether it's good <laughs> yeah. shit, bad shit, whatever it is, personal shit, family shit. So so it's crazy to me sometimes when I'm like, I don't have a freaking an hour to give. Yeah. And it's like, how can I not have any time to give when I have a job where I have four days off? Like We, did, we didn't pick the schedule. It was yeah. given to us, right? Or yeah. Well, we, I've worked all three. I've worked the one, two. I've worked the three, four. We were the three, four for pretty What's much. the three, four? That's one on, one off, one on, one off. One on, four off. That sounds still, horrible. It's still, the, it's still the exact right? same. Everybody's working ten, day, ten days a week. Still a sounds horrible. That that's uh, good that it's actually pretty good. I'd, I'd rather, I would rather have the three four over the one two, which you guys wrote. Well, I think the one too. two is the worst. <laughs> I do too. I agree. <laughs> well, fuck both of you. Because yeah. I've worked all three. So, <laughs> right. so the one two. The problem with the one two is I think the one two is absolute best for the organization. I think it and is. it's probably <laughs> the best for the guys. Keeps them out of trouble. Well, well, and, t- and technically, it's like okay, we're gonna get forty eight hours from you, or sorry, twenty four. And now, technically, if we get your ass, you know, your, your dick in the dirt, mm-hmm. you should rest that first day. Yeah. And then we're going to give you one day off. And on that one day, we want you to do whatever you want, go to the lake, whatever. And then your ass better be getting ready to go to work again. Right. Well, with a 3-4, it's like, okay, they kind of force you to have those days in between. Because it's like, well, there's one day. Hopefully, you rest a little bit. You're back. One day, you're back. The forty-eight ninety-six. Oh my God! You one, at minimum have three full days to do anything you want. If yeah. you get your if you get your dick stomped for forty-eight yeah. hours, you can go home and rest. Yeah, and do nothing for, for me, twenty-four hours. Like if if I'm busy and we run eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one calls, or whatever. When I'm coming back the next shift, I don't even feel fully recovered. Like yeah. like I still have because they say the first night off. It's not good sleep. You don't get your. It's your second night off. That's when you get your good REM. 
And so, yeah. Well, we and then firemen get REM sleep. Well, oh, yeah. and, and then at home, at home he's yeah, getting REM. At home, yeah. When not he's not station. pajama wrestling uh, with his wife. Yeah, exactly. The, the problem men. is men. I pajama wrestling <laughs> men. The, the, the problem is the problem is if I'm a if I'm a battalion chief or I'm a chief and you're my employee, I'm chef, like, sorry, I can be like, well, yeah, I'm a chef. It's like, well, well, how are you not getting rest? The reason why you're not getting rest, and everybody knows it, is. Because you're a high-performing person, so right. you're you're not going home and and I'm gonna hit the mountain bike. I'm gonna go home and eat something healthy, and I'm gonna rest or take a nap. Yeah. Dude, I, I can't take naps. I'm you guys can't that. take naps. I'm grinding right through that. The big one for me is is I used to be able to do 72 no problem, and now I do a lot of trade times and stuff like that because I'm always I mean I'm always yeah. doing so many things, and it just works out. It's like well I'd rather do that. Like for example, we just got um, back from fall break vacation. Well, one of the days, it's like there's no way I can get vacation, so I have to do a trade back. So I'm doing a trade back on Sunday, and then I work Monday, Tuesday. So trade back is trade Ronnie's, Ronnie's going to oh. work for someone on a different shift, and then that person is going to work for Ronnie. Yeah, so he shift. doesn't have to take vacation. You yeah. work a day for me, I'll work a day for yep. you. That's, That's really the only is. way in the fire service for the general audience that you could ever uh, – I can't even imagine what Phoenix is like. In Chandler, we have uh, 70 guys per shift. So we're roughly, you know, 210 line guys. We have 11 stations, 13 trucks. There's only six positions off a day. Yeah, we're 300 a shift. But how many off a day? Depends. Is it by battalion? <laughs> You're not no. like we're set, we're the same. as We have five. We're, right. Five are allowed yeah. off per day. I forget what it is. But so think, so you think I, about I that. You think okay, there's just 75 guys on the, you know, guys yeah. or girls on the truck, and only five or six can be off. Well, during fall break. All those times where everybody wants to be off, right. you can never do it without trade backs or trade time. So gotcha. it works great. It's an amazing benefit as long as right. other guys don't fuck it up, which guys tend to do. But We're firemen, but Come yeah, on. dude, totally, man. <laughs> but so you do a lot of trade back, and you're like, okay, so then you get stuck on a seventy two, and you're like, you know, seventy twos are. Uh, I'm, ready. I'm ready. I won't, to get I won't work them. I, I abs- unless I'm we we have. Uh, I'm sure, like you guys, I'll have forced overtime. The only time I'll ever work a 72 is if I'm thinking I get to go home and somebody calls me and goes, you got to you got to stick around. You're forced to work overtime. Uh, I'll take that first 24 hours off. And then that day two or day three, that's where I try and do my payback or my, or you know, else. my work back for somebody. And then I have that fourth day off. We don't still have home. forced overtime. We can turn it down, but they penalize you. So if you want to work overtime, you can. We have that same, but we have Force, but we hardly ever have to force. Yeah. I can't even tell you. I've really never been forced. Yeah, especially because you guys. Are I've been forced on Christmas. Really? I wonder why. It's just the way it works. People, I mean, too many even a, even sick. look at it. Even with the amount of time that you have on, you're still having a hard time getting vacation days off. Well, I'm having um, because it's not seniority based. Uh, oh, yours, yours is not. Only ours time. Is. Only time ours is seniority based is one time a year. When you. Are you talking about when you put in your pre-scheduled for the year? One time a year, you can have what's called first choice vacation, yeah. and you can take up to 10 days. Yeah. So so I can either, pretty much, I'm either going to take 4th of July that time off, or Christmas, or fall break. So I usually just take uh-huh. Christmas. Gotcha. So so like for fall then break. Then after that, it's first come, first serve. First come, first yeah, serve. Yeah. But there's only six spots. So if those other six are already taken, so say, for example, fall break, mm-hmm. first world problems here. you got to love right, this yeah. shit. Yeah. So, 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 so I feel if, so bad for you if you want fall break off, and um, you go back, um, and it hasn't opened yet. They haven't opened up Telestaff. Then they're going to say, "Oh well, uh, Todd, Mike, Brandon, Mark, Goose, and Philip all took that, those six spots. They're already gone. So there's no first come first serve. It's already full." Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So Tell- guys take red days. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Telestaff is our scheduling sickies. system that 
that they use. So that's a. Do you we, use that in Phoenix? Yeah, we have, yeah, but we don't use it to its full extent like uh-huh. you guys do. So really, to circle back, like you're saying, your team gets built off of sheer. You're stuck with me for 48 hours, and it's a, and it's such a small place that everyone kind of knows where you're at. Like, because I don't know for me, like how I build teams, especially here, is like, and it comes from being in the wrestling room or on the football field or in the military. It's like. My my greatest bonds that have ever been built are through suffering, yeah. like being in some fucking crazy situation, no matter what it is. So, and typically how I create that at the station or in whatever environment we're doing, it sounds like you do it the same way as we do something physically tough. Yeah. So when you sweat and bleed together, those bonds get kind of broken down and, and everything else. Because when you're doing a skills course and everybody's, you know, getting their asses handed to them and everybody's huffing and puffing and doing their deal, and even if maybe you don't get along with that person too well, what do you usually do after that? You go over and you give them a knuckle or yeah, a high something. five or something like that because... Because you, you know it sucks. Because yeah. yeah. we're big retards. Yeah. Well, I, think, I think it all goes back to a lot of majority of the people that we hire are from the same cut from the same loin where you've played ball together, you've wrestled together, so you have that that uh, that teamwork and that camaraderie that you build. That's mm-hmm. one thing um, where young guys come in. I always tell them, I'm like, the job is absolutely it's so tremendously different than it was when I got hired. You know, 22 to 25 years ago. But what is still the same is you're going to break bread together. You're going to work out together. You're going to watch the game together. Yep. You're going to remember that time where the Nationals beat the Dodgers and you were so fucking elated at the station. <laughs> right. You're not going to drink beer at the station, but the more, sometimes what we do, I have a senior crew, a senior crew next to me, and they, uh, they'll do like every month or something. They'll be like, hey, we're going to go to Jolie's in the morning. So that's a yep. bar that starts at, you know, serving at 6 a.m. Just call me. Guys will, guys will <laughs> just go and, and pound a couple Bloody Marys or beers in the morning, yep. whether or not some guys stay there and other guys get ready to go back to, you know, go to Reef or whatever it is. Right. You know, so there's, there's so many different ways. But I think when you have that teamwork mentality, and for us, because we all come from that internship, mm-hmm. that's another really oh, yeah, huge common bond that, right? where you're like, well, I, I've been through that. And I've I, heard of a few other cities that are starting to do that now. I think it's a great idea. Some have tried. I know Mesa and Gilbert really tried. I think Gilbert still does it. Yeah. I know Mesa tried. I don't know if they stuck with it. I think some of the West Side cities, Peoria is not one of them, but they do it as like a group. Yeah. So a couple, two to three cities get together and they do something similar. Where that really benefited us in the East Valley was the when I was an RTO, I was an RTO in 0607, which was Boom City, right? We I put two academies on in my time, and we did join academies with Gilbert. And Gilbert didn't have a, a academy at the time. They really gotcha. they're building one right now, but it's so cool to run calls and you know 15 or 12 years later. Now I'll see those guys and I know those guys. Mm-hmm. They're, I know they're Gilbert guys and they know our Gilbert or Chandler guys. So those type of things and Phoenix has done that for years where you have the yeah. joint academies. But you're so Mr. big, Peoria guys. Yeah, I went through your academy. Oh, oh yeah, for yeah. 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 Matter of fact, I saw the plaque in the hallway at, yeah. at our academy. In your name back when I had hair. I'm like yeah, right there. Yeah. And, there then, and then Phoenix starts stealing all the primo guys. Yeah. So, so <laughs> Peoria was like, we're not doing that yeah. no more. Yeah. <laughs> that, right that back was, the next year. Yeah. <laughs> we were so when I got hired in 01, they made us. We were the first group that actually had to sign a document. That said, you're if you if you uh, allow yourself to go work for another city in the academy, Meaning then you Phoenix. have to pay us back. <laughs> Meaning Phoenix. For, yeah. I forget his name. He's a Peoria guy. I actually was thinking about going to the Navy. His brother works. He's a motor. He he did that. I bet they should call it that. I bet I seriously think they probably call it that that clause. I'm trying to think what his name is. No, I know who you're talking about. But well, you uh, can say his name. He's not gonna listen. Well, I don't think he, neither one of them. Are, one's not a cop, and the other one's not. No, a no. His enemy. brother. His brother is a motor in Chandler. 
Um, Starts with a B. I'm trying to. I'm trying to play. He was a uh, pure. He got. He was like number one. Went to Peoria. Phoenix took him, and he's he's a he's a captain PIO in Phoenix now. Stud uh, dude. Peoria's had quite a few people yeah, stolen by Peoria Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, he might even be a BC Starts now. Starts with a B. I'll, I'll think of his name. Billingsley. No, no oh, I know Bill, I know Billingsley too yeah. though. Yeah, he's stud. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Mike Billingsley, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know Mike. Oh no. Uh, let me think of his. Mm. You know, want to hear a little story about this? I can thank Mike if he's li- if he's listening to this because when he went, I'll from, tell him to now. When oh, yeah. he went, he'll, from, he'll know I'm too. I worked oh, yeah. with him. Yeah. When, he, when he went from Peoria to Phoenix, that opened up another spot on the list for you. That, yeah, that's how I got that's hired. Cool. Is, Lucky but te- technically, so all the the three years I spent riding at fire stations in Peoria, and that's where I want. I went to grade school, high school. I grew up in Peoria. Okay, and uh, so that's where I wanted to work, and so Mike was always around, and then. When he left, they were only going to put like four people through the accounting, but he left, so they put five through. Perfect. And so I got the call. So and that's really because that's, Mike that's left. A, that's a great story. That <laughs> is really cool. <laughs> see, see how that Way works. to go, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. He's a stud. I mean, look at him now. I mean, he's a. Yeah, he's a chief now. Yeah, he's, he's a, a chef. chef. Yeah. He's a chef. I went to school with er, uh, Ernsberger. Okay. Yeah. Aaron. Aaron yep. Yeah. Yep. Construction guy, too. And uh, Chenard. Yep. I know Chenard, too. Yeah. Another framer. Good yeah. dudes. Those are both good dudes. Yeah. Is Chenard still at 43? He is at. 38 on B shift or something. He's cool. a hazmat guy or whatever. Yeah. So, but good dudes. So, it sounds like you guys both build teams or we all build teams the same way. How do you handle guys that aren't fitting into the team? So, to go back, because I, I don't know that I really truly answered the question. Okay. Yeah. I think my reputa- reputation precedes itself. Absolutely. So, I, I live a lot on that. So, Me people, too. people, again, for the audience, people know who I am. So when they are going to bid, they already know what they're going to get, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, Dick. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I, 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 that's, that might be a way of saying it. Is I think I'm just I, – I would say that uh, I hold people accountable. Right. And that, wrong with that's, that, man. That's where, so, but you get people – you know, you get people that want to um, step up their game. Right. So for me, when I get people that probably don't fit the mold that, that I'm looking for, that's fine. They, I know that they want to promote and they want to gain knowledge and they want to get experience and they know that I'll work with them. Mm-hmm. And um, whether that's through getting hired, promoting the engineer, promoting the captain, whatever it is. So um, I'll work with them, you know, and I'll, I'll try my best to get them to an expectation or to a level or explain to them what they're doing that is not working for them so communicating clear a clear message i think i think the key and kind of go back to like when you say facetiously dick but it's it's i'm just (laughs) i'm I'm just real frank i'll just tell people like i've had tons of conversations with guys and i'll say okay first of all here's what other people say about you Mm -hmm. that they're too afraid to tell you that if i was truly you i wish you would tell me Mm -hmm. And uh, I've had that conversation with a lot of guys. And I say, so here's why you're being perceived this way. You're more than welcome to try to um, justify the means. You're more than welcome to try to explain it. You can be right. It's all left up to interpretation. So I'm just telling you as the, I'm the sender of a message that most people don't have the balls to tell you because uh, I just want you to know, like you're on my team now. Trying to make them better. Yeah. And then how, how can we fix it? Right. And but the other thing that I truly have seen in 22 years, and I, I have a couple of years prior, I was reserving Gilbert, and I was reserving Levine. That's how I know Mike. Okay, is I can I can honestly tell you that maybe one hand, just slightly over one hand, have I ever seen that many people change in their life? Meaning, yeah. 
You are who you are. You are who you yep. are. People yeah. don't Something change. dramatic has to, has to happen. I call it the three change. D's, death, divorce, or discipline. I, I agree with you and 100%. And, and, and it's like, listen, if, if and, and really sometimes with divorce, that might change for a while. Yeah. And then they go back. You know, right. We have guys that want to get promoted, right? So they want to get, become a captain. Well, they've already made their bed. They, yeah. We all know who they are. They'll bid a guy like me. They'll bid a, you know, there's a handful of guys, and then we'll work with them. But they usually go back to being who they are. Absolutely. Once, once they get once they get in control of their station, their crew, they turn back into who they are. Yep. You know what I mean? And 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 that's that is what it is. So yeah. I just tell people, here's you know, and but people have told me the same thing, like, hey, you're too hard. You're doing this. You expect too much. You want this. Yep. And and uh, but I think if you let people know up front, like what Mark said, is, yep. here's my expectation. Right. And uh, and I get a lot of booters. I mean, I get a, a pretty much a booter. We get three boot. I get three booters out of every academy because for us, I'm not sure how it is for you guys. We do. This is total bullshit, but they they count the academy. <laughs> Tell me how you really well, they count they, we don't do that. They count the academy now, which is pisses me. We off, do. But, and we always have. Yeah. See, yeah. they count the academy. So there's their three months. Then they do rotations three months uh, through the ladder. And so uh, I'm on my third booter for this last academy. Right. But some come in and some, again, you're getting booters that there's a lot of booters that don't fit the mold. And, and then you just try to, you know, again, create that atmosphere so that they can uh, understand because they're really new. They're a blank canvas and they want to. They're hungry to learn and, and you create that expectation. I had a captain that was probably one of the most, he was the most amazing captain. He just retired, but he was also one of the most disliked captains. And it's kind of a weird reason why, because he's the most likable guy. Love him or hate him kind of guy. Well, right? he worked really, really hard. And he didn't necessarily expect you to work that hard, yep. but you knew what you were getting into. The guy never watched TV in the whole time I ever knew him. He never sat down. Like I used to just be like, dude, we're like watching the Suns back in like whatever. <laughs> right. Like, Can you just watch the game? And that's just not who he was. You know, He was up early, worked OCD. hard all day. I, I, I feel like he... Um, I feel like he was almost to the level of insecure because he was always trying to, uh, like, oh, we're going to study this SOP. And you're like, whoa, uh, you're whoa, like whoa. backing up. There's nothing to do. Whoa. You just back up, yeah, you know, we, you know, and, but he was always, he was always driving, always driving. Right. And so I always think back to my time with him and uh, back to your dad, you know, helping, you know, having yeah, you yeah. paint cars. I didn't necessarily love it. I was a low senior guy that got put with him. Right. Um, but I always took that experience and I tried to say, okay, what did I like from that guy? And then as you grow throughout your development, you say, okay, what did I not like from that guy? Yeah. And now you're going to make your own style. And I also tell guys when I'm helping them, I say, you're going to make your own style. Make your own style. Absolutely. But take the goods and the bads and develop and figure out who you are. It's no different than being a dad. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a dad. You're we're yeah. all dads. At, I'm not not yet. So well, but, but yeah. you're a dad at work. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. And yeah. employees and everything else. You talked about that before. Oh, I, yeah. I've listened to all your podcasts. You yeah. talk about being a dad at the station or a you are station. your parents, and that's the same thing. It's like and like I tell people all the time. Like some people have good parents and bad parents, and like you know we talk about coaching and mentoring. I'm like you take if you have a bad parent, you take from them the good, yeah. and you take them and you take from them the bad. Like everyone can be anyone can be used as a poor example. Stuff like that. And same thing with coaches, supervisors, leaders, and all that kind of shit. You take that stuff from those people. And then, like you said, you, you kind of put your own style on it. And I think in our service now, in the public safety sector now, like people are afraid to hold people accountable. They're afraid to have a tough conversation. Like I'm like you, and I know you're the same way, Mark. Like We'll call bullshit. We're just going to tell you straight. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It doesn't do you any good. It doesn't do me any good. And I just had a tough conversation with an employee here this week, but you have to be able to communicate that to those people because if, because if they don't understand, and that's one of my pet peeves 
in the fire station where guys are like, oh, this motherfucker this and this fucking guy that. I'm like, well, have you talked to him? Yeah. Well, no, then I, fucking shame on you, man. That's where, that hard, talk to that's where that hard ass or dick mentality, because I, I get that often. My sister oh, really? tells me so, I have resting bitch face. To- totally surprised. <laughs> I'm totally surprised by that. Yeah, it, it, I, I, I totally agree. You know, if, uh, if, if, you, if you dislike me or you don't like me because I told you how it is. Yeah. I'm not telling you I'm perfect. I don't. I'm not going to get in front of you, Brandon or Ronnie, and go. I'm perfect. Right. And this is this is why. In fact, when you were talking about it earlier, I'll tell a lot of people that have never met me before on the fireside. You know, here's my expectations, but I also want you to know this is where I struggle. Right. And and I, I bring cool. that stuff up Humility, because dude. That's, it, that's big. It, it is, and um, because it's also a learning. Uh, it, it helps me because if I'm around somebody else who maybe I'm not gelling with. Or they're not grasp they're not grasping what I'm telling them. If I told them what my issue is up front, and that comes across right. during this exercise, well, they knew to expect it. Right. Uh, don't take it to heart. I'm always sure to ask people too, especially here, and it's different at the fire station, but here. But I always want to ask them like, do you have what you need to do your job? Yeah. Like I want to ask that first because they're like, well, no, this then. Like, well, fuck, I haven't provided that. Then that's on me. But you know, but if I if you have the skills, experience, the training, and the support for me to do your job, and you're just not doing it, that's that's on you for sure. And like I don't, yeah, the the whole dick thing. I I think that's all like like why all three of us get along is because I think we're old school. And I don't think I was listening to uh, HBO's doing a twenty four seven on ASU's football team and like um, um, Herm Herm Edwards. Love Herm. Yeah, like he said something last night. Um, on it, he's like, I'm not old school. I'm right school. I do the right thing all the time, and that's it. And I'm not old school either. It's like we we had great grandpas, fathers, coaches, and whoever that showed us the right fucking way. And I think it's our responsibility, 100, especially in in all the arenas that we work in, to make sure that shit sticks. Yeah. Well, that that captain I was talking about, that's a good. He's the, he was right school. Okay. You know, some stuff you're like, come on, a little bit, but but you know, you just got to take the good and uh, and do the best you can with it and. Uh, we're we're put in some crazy situations. I, we haven't made, you know, we really do. But at times when shit hits the fan, I want you to be able to perform mm-hmm. to that level. And and like you said, have we set you up for that success? Because when shit hits the fan, I had a guy um, do trade back with me the other day, and uh, uh, my guard was already up on this guy. I kind of know who he is, but he did a trade back with one of my guys. Right. So he's on my truck, and we're getting ready to go to extrication call. That's a nice and way of saying that he wouldn't have normally allow that guy to do an AWR with that dude, guy, but he dude, he I, snuck it in. I was like, that that means? I was like, yeah. okay, dude, all right, whatever. I'll have a talk with my guy later. Well, well, well hear this, dude. You'll love this, man. Nice, good, good catch. Well, no, I already renamed my guy. I already gave him a nickname because I'm like, you motherfucker. What's his nickname? Well, I can't say because yeah. it'll give away the oh, other guy. Shit, yeah. But uh, the guy, so so I mean, here I'll tell you, it's just kind of crazy, but this is. We're on our way. So we do shift change at 8 o'clock, and we're on our way to a call around 1030 to 11 o'clock. Uh, so we've been on the truck, you know, three hours, been on the job, and uh, we're going to an extrication call. So I'm, I'm barking out, okay, guys, this is what we got. Uh, Brandon, I want you to take the jaws of life, the spreaders, cutters, Mark, you're on the cutters. I'm going to go ahead and provide this, this, and this. And the guy says to me, which I guess I should give him the, you know, that he said something. <laughs> but he goes, where, where, are the, where are they at on the truck? Oh, shit. And so I'm like... <laughs> All right, they're on the high side, right side. This is where you're going to grab them. And then, so then we got canceled. It ended up being like they popped the door and they got it out. 
But I chewed his ass. I'm yeah, like, now it's time to talk about it. I'm sure. like, listen, bro, yeah. here's the deal, man. You knew you were going to be on this truck. And if you didn't you know, know I'm an where, asshole. And you didn't know where the <laughs> shit was. At what point are you, you know, like, how is this my deal? Like, I mean, but bottom line is we talked about it. And yeah. we actually had a few other calls, same thing, where I had a few issues um, that that day with him. Right. You know, and I just knew right away. I'm like, this is this guy, we're not really going to gel. We're not going to click. And that's on him. Like, it's not your job as a captain to fucking tell him where the shit's at. Like, he's there in the morning to check the truck out. Boom, 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 well, boom, 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 and all that kind so of this, stuff. So this is kind of alluding to what my issue is. When I, when I express to these new people... You guys can probably pick it up with me sitting here, but I tend to be a micromanager. Yeah, well, that's you're, you're, one, that's you're, one of my number one downfalls. You're a shifter, bro. Is Come is on. I feel, <laughs> and it's not a good thing. I'm not proud of it. I'm right. just saying that. But you're working at it. Yeah, I'm working at it. That I feel like things have to be my way or no way, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate. And realistically, I don't in this, get that from you. In, in realist, in, in in reality, you guys have been doing this long enough where you know that you can put a fire out probably ten different ways. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. it's. In my world, it's my way or no way. Hey, shifters just stare at it, right? <clears throat> then it so, goes out. <laughs> <laughs> no. Barbie, I can't get Barbie. I know, he's not, he's not digging on it. Uh, Serious on so, so from a life coach perspective, right? <laughs> yeah. I had a micromanager, uh-huh. and, I, and I don't have a problem thinking or communicating with other people. When you work for a hardcore micromanager, you stop thinking. Yeah. So, so mm. for you, uh, when I worked for this guy... Uh-huh. He's probably my number one captain that I learned what I don't want to do from him. I learned a lot from him yeah. because he stopped me from thinking. And when I stopped thinking, I became unsafe. Well, where I felt this was a big issue in my life and in my career was actually as an engineer. Because for those of you who are listening, I'm sure it's this way in most departments, they tend to call the engineer the yard boss. So no, I've never heard that term. Really? Seriously, never really? heard we don't have it. You don't have it either. So they tend in Peoria, they tend to kind of dictate the crews. Uh, He's your informal leader for for us. Yeah, like, don't let it get to the captain. You handle yeah. the you handle the stuff, and if it needs to get to the captain, let it get to the captain. So you're the yard boss. And technically, it's a it's a promotion in Phoenix. So that's really the second in command. Yeah, like of uh, the medics. I don't know if that's a promotion for you guys. It's not. A, it's not a Peoria. Yeah. So so yeah. technically, yeah. the engineer on our trucks is a second in command. Yeah. So. Uh, at, but when I promoted to captain, I actually felt less stress. I know it sounds weird because I think uh, I feel more relaxed as a captain than I did an engineer. Um, and that's because I'd probably gotten this reputation as a micromanager and, and knew, hey, that guy's a dick. He's a hard ass. He's going <laughs> to expect a lot from me. And then I came in and I was like, I didn't have to say anything. Or I didn't yeah. have to do anything. It just, uh, so, I, but, you know, when I have these new, new uh, firefighter or people maybe who have even been on the job for a while that I haven't worked with in a while, I'll tell them, hey, you know, I'm not proud of it. I'm working on it. So if you see this, I need you to help me. Um, yeah, I could see a booter telling you, hey, yeah, no, no, <laughs> you def- suck. Def- <laughs> definitely, not a, definitely not a booter. But uh, the thing in Peoria now is we're getting rescued. We have our own rescues yeah, now. Oh, good you for know? you guys, yeah, dude. So yeah. we're not hiring these outside companies to come live in our station. It's their other firemen. Right. So our station population is growing a rescue is an ambulance so yeah, how many do ambulance. you have at your house right now uh four, we're up to four right now out of eight stations so but how many are at your house how many well, i'm a rover oh. so uh our biggest stations have uh 12 people yeah we have 12 yeah. yeah my house is non-stop we yeah. have 12 too yeah a lot of personality busy people getting along but we have like i said we have some high senior guys and and then we have the new guys so the booters are like they keep it you know they keep it on edge because we got a lot of senior oh, guys yeah. Um, but well, back to your point too about that guy roving in, and, and and I think this will resonate with people when they hear this. Like we're not paid on you know 
hour by hour and what we're doing hour by hour, we're paid on worst case scenario. 100%. Right? Like yeah. you're paid when that extrication call comes out, you have to be drum tight, 100%, knock your shit out, get that person out, and, and, and get them in an ambo on the way to the hospital. It's like we don't, there's not a, we have a small margin of error in what we do. So when we do it, we got to be fucking good at it. And I'm not diminishing what you're just saying about the uh, extrication and being on top of your game and proficient right. and a well-oiled machine. I I feel like I'm getting, you're also getting paid to pick up the person who's been laying in their feces for 24 hours. You are getting paid to do that. And, for sure. and, and you, and you want to, you know, you want to vomit when you step in the room, you know, but there's no real technical skill in that. You just got to But what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is how many people, you know, think about it. I mean, you've probably been on this call before where a family member showed up to that house and they called 911. Yeah. Because they can't do it. Yeah. They don't want to go and pick sure. up their mom off the floor and get yep. them in the tub, but we okay. will. Yeah. So, you know, when I say worst case scenario, if that's the worst thing we ever have to do is put somebody in a bathtub and give them a bath and then send them to the yeah. hospital. That's not we, a big deal. Yeah, it's, pr- th- it's pretty okay. There's a lot of margin and error for that, right? Yeah. Like, we don't have to be so perfect. Like, there's, there's not a small window of time that we have to do that. Like, that person may code behind that steering wheel if we don't get them out in time and yep. actually get them to the hospital. Yep. That same guy, and I don't think I, you know, there's certain people out there, but that same guy later that day we had a fire, good house fire, the engine. Now, again, I'm on a ladder. He's an engine guy. I mean, that's evident right away. He, uh, If you don't know what that is, watch Chicago Fire. Yeah, yeah. different skills. Different <laughs> skills. Yeah, way different. Right? <laughs> I look at it like this. The engine are the quarterback, the running back, the ladder, we're the linemen. Okay, we're there to just make them look really good. Yeah. I mean, that's... Offensive that, or defensive? Yeah, I'm just trying to... Because the offensive linemen are smarter. Yeah, I'm just trying to... <laughs> Faster. Su- yeah. I'm trying to support my guys however I can. And uh, the jock straps. The, my, oh, dude, I'm a big nasty jock strap. <laughs> so, so me and this other guy, one of my firefighters, we're, we're on laughed. the we're on the gable end. We're pulling this thing. We're fighting this fire from it's an attic fire. And I look down, and this guy's got his jacket off, and he's sitting on the front of the ladder, and we're and we're working. And I'm like, of course, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? We're I, I, we're working over here. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I just need to take a break. And so at that point my frustration level actually kind of just was like, okay, this guy has no concept of not only a, how we do this crew, a, what, you know, B what we're doing and what we're all about. He forgot his interview. Oh dude. He was like, you didn't say like that guy didn't say in his interview when shit gets hard, I'm going to take my shit off and sit on the bumper. No, like don't forget your fucking interview. And that really goes back to that teamwork thing where it's like all your guys are working, you're working hard, you're in the battle. And and you said, you know, you, you build like uh, confidence and you build your bond, your your bond within, you know, that blood, that sweat. Mm -hmm. And and this guy's sitting on the, just out of curiosity, how did that particular scenario where he's sitting on the front end? Um, was it just, a, well, I just you was, talking I to him? I knew that he was at a trade back, right? So yeah. at that point, I'm kind of like, listen. <laughs> Checked out. No, I just told him. I said, okay, if you're needing to rehab at this point, then I'm not going to stop you from rehabbing. Get some water. I go, but get packed back up. We're getting ready to work. Like, mm-hmm. I'm working, yeah. and, and there's no reason that you shouldn't be working. Yeah. And honestly... Clear um, message. We had, we had a killer. A we had a ki- the engine had a killer stop on this house, mm. and so at that point we're ra- we're wrapping things up. You know we're we're mopping up. We're we're making them look good. And I just told him I was like, okay, we got we have fire control at this point. I want you to you know get some water, get your pack back on, and let's just get back to work. Are you is your ladder ALS? Yeah, well, every everything yeah. we have is. ALS. I know Phoenix is moving that way in Peoria yeah. next year. We only technically have two ladders but so ALS and BLS is either have medics, medics. Yeah. on a truck and in some cities here only have EMTs on their ladders N- next year one of our two over. ladders goes ALS and that's a, you that's a that's two ladders yeah it's Holy a big deal cow. we have two, eight stations be a third yeah. soon yeah. really yeah. Yeah. yeah and we but we're all ALS yeah but 
But yeah, it's just you. I think at that point you know that okay, that guy's a square peg in a round hole or whatever. So so you don't. Uh, I always tell guys. I say if I'm not fucking with you, then that's really bad. Yeah. And that's at that point where I knew for it, him that he was not somebody that I was even gonna. I was like, okay, he just doesn't get it. Yeah. Like I already chewed his ass about the extrication stuff, and now I've got the situation which probably was the extrication thing ten thirty eleven o'clock in the morning, and now we're mid afternoon fire, and I'm like. I'll call Chris Smith and tell him he needs to up his game. Oh, <laughs> Smithy knows. I'll fuck with him all the time. Dude, that guy could choke me out and kill me in three seconds, and I, well, I, I ride him like a rented mule, dude. It's funny you say that because I tell people all the time, like, when I stop talking to you, that's when you should be concerned because you have fucking worn me out or I don't believe that you can do anything for us. Anymore. We've all heard it. If we're not giving you a hard time, it means we don't like you. Yeah, for yeah, sure. That's and that's a, that's a hard point. thing with the fire service. My wife tells me sometimes, she's like, listen, you can't treat these fire guys like you treat your friends. And I'm like, well, I, I can, within reason, right? Yeah. I can't take it to the same level that you have with your friendship and some of the stuff, especially if you go back to old high school friends, some of the things you say and You wouldn't do, talk to them the same way. Uh, yeah. But sometimes at work, guys, once I get to a certain bond with them, but yeah. I, I will tell them, I'm like, listen, if I'm not riding you and we're not doing this, this and this and having fun, or I don't say, let's go get a coffee together. Because a lot of times that's what I like to do is like, I can't stay in the station. So we just go out, we do area fam, we hit the track, we mm-hmm. do some PT, yep. and then we'll just go through building construction and say, okay, let's break this truck, this building down. Let's go inside this commercial structure. Yep. Let's talk to them. And then let's go have a coffee, and we'll just sit out and have a coffee, and we'll probably catch a call. Um, this is gonna fuck you guys up, but I've never had a cup of coffee in my whole life. That's great. Well, that's actually cool. Ever, dude? Yeah, well, you ever. just run on pure adrenaline. In the morning, I wake up and that I like I hit a little bit of five hour energy, like before I train or whatever. But in the morning, I wake up and I'm just like, let's go, motherfuckers. Dude, <laughs> if you started crazy. drinking coffee, you'd fuck people up. Dude. There's no way I couldn't do it. I'd be bouncing off the walls. I'd be like, so that's crazy because in the fire service, I know it's, it's nonstop. Heavy you coffee, to, military too. To. Yeah, military too. Same way. Any energy drinks or monsters or anything? Before I do um, like a long mountain bike ride or something like that, I'll like hit up a five hour energy, half of one. Just to get me going because that's amazing too. You, are you still doing the the fasting the interval? Oh, yeah, intermittent. yeah. Uh-huh. So with you not even doing coffee, how do you do your intermittent fasting? I don't know. Just talk to myself. Wow. How do you? What What are your time frames? Are you a ten o'clock to eight o'clock guy for your intermittent fasting? So I'm like six to seven till like noon. Like, and if I need to eat earlier, sometimes I will. So I you started eating it, wrestled, new? man. Like we're fucking, we're we're born to not eat for a long periods of time to be able yeah. to make weight. So mm-hmm. it's not bad. But I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a like my biggest meal is usually at night. Mm, mine's uh, yeah. I used to the fire service is funny because I we used to eat like these things called thunder humpers in the old school days. <laughs> it was just a fucking massive pound of meat, and then, <laughs> and I and I really changed. My, myself and my crew from that because it's like we shouldn't eat ourselves into a coma for lunch and guys still love to do that but i yeah. i just it makes me really i sluggish. eat way worse at the fire station than i do at home i think most people yeah. do and that's the b-shift motto eat to your sleep be sleep to your hunger oh totally so. it's hard as a rover too as a, as a rover hey go here go there i mean unless you're going to be that guy that brings this whole cooler to the oh, station oh yeah you, you probably know, are hard it, as a rover no it, it, you, know, yeah. you get around these guys some like to eat healthy and some don't i think it's i just, eat better at the station than at home i think really? it's turned quite so healthier i'm moving all the time at home oh, so i really yeah. don't eat lunch i just grab something quick get home and then uh lunch is man i just try to eat something quick maybe leftovers yep. and then hopefully my wife or myself will just cook a decent dinner but again our kids are they're we're in that age where we've got a senior a freshman and uh, and uh, grocery bills high just it's non-stop so there's okay. always something so to sit down and have dinner 
if we're we're lucky if it's two times a week to wow. have that to the type of dinner just the way the family's moving all the time yeah and that's why my biggest meal is usually at night is because during the day i'm moving dude yeah and like even at the station like i don't want to eat like i'll train like we like to train when i'm at the station somewhere between eight nine ten o'clock or whatever get it in early and then i'll eat just a decent lunch and then usually I just fire it what down. do you eat here do you do you eat uh, before you come in no so like i train they have a chef here yeah we have a chef, yeah, chief. A chef that comes a chief in. or a chef yeah. no. do you call do you call the chef the chief <laughs> same, same same thing same, same thing they orchestrate lots of things yeah. yeah so uh here like i'm a big chipotle guy stuff like that yeah. or whatever i try and eat eat clean or whatnot but and then if i'm busy i do like Protein bar, like a Lenny and Larry's cookie, something like that, bottle of water, shit like that. I mean, because I know, like, we, we have 40,000 fucking calories stored in our body at any time. That's why you can go 30 days this and This guy's live. a fitness nerd. He yeah. does it all. Yeah. yeah. Huh. And drink just water. So, yeah. like, so I, it's really just one of those things, like, like I put in my head. And even my project manager, Riley, like, we had to go do something. And he's like, I haven't eaten all day. He's, like, firing down two hot dogs. Like, I'd never do that, yeah. dude. Like, I got to eat something else. Yeah. Well, he's got the build for it. Yeah. Here, here's a tougher question. We talked about leading subordinates and people on our trucks and at our companies and stuff like that how do you deal with poor leadership above you that's a tough one huh uh, that's that's a unique one for me because i'm i'm in this position where i should have promoted but i didn't yeah. want to mm-hmm. and i literally my actual chief and uh um, your chef my 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 <laughs> but our big chief right um, our big chef and then i'm going through who's your big chef uh, his name's tom dwiggins okay but but i'm either in my academy, so he was he's my academy mate. Oh, and then geez. our assistant chief is my academy mate. And my battalion chiefs are either my academy or younger than me and they've worked for me. Yeah, so they're like, fuck, we so, stayed around. So a lot of them don't they know, <laughs> yeah. right? So Ronnie's the dick. We can't so, so he's that he's that guy. So yeah. I'm just I'm just like Did you call before you showed up yeah. to the station oh, chief? Oh, I bust my chief's ass oh, yeah. all the time. I'm like, you can come you can come here anytime, but but don't come after from noon to two thirty. And he likes to come, but you know. But uh, we have a good relationship. I tell him to call, there. like, like I was somewhere on a temp, and and the uh, I told my guys, I'm like, I don't care what happens if the chief calls, I'm in the bathroom. I'm like, I'll call him back. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like yeah, I'm asleep or something. I, I think for me, they know that I'm going to tell them honestly because we're, we're just as much friendship and and yeah. uh, we've worked together so long. So that's a unique. For me, because I have that relationship with right. the people that are are my superiors, and honestly, and I think it's cool, and I don't think I've really ever said it to, except for now. Sometimes they'll call me, yeah, and you ask know, you. and they're like, "Hey, what's going on? What do you think about this situation?" Especially the battalion chiefs, yep. because we have uh, twelve battalion chiefs, and we have only six that are out on the line. Gotcha. And they're like, "Hey, so what do you think about this situation?" Or and then my the guy that's next to me is the union VP. So my captain, oh, uh, gotcha. we've been together for you know twenty some years. He's our union VP. So there's a lot of information flowing through the station. Some of it's out loud and some of it's not. But a good chief will do that. They'll call their frontline guys that they respect and be like, hey, like because you're the captains are, are basically the ones that are running the day-to-day shit like at the station. Like, like I think a good chief will call you and be like, hey, you, you have your pulse on the guys. This is what we're thinking, and tell me what you're thinking. But obviously, like, you're well-respected. You know those guys. You've been down there. I think – one of the things that comes back in any arena, it doesn't matter the fire service, like, again, like you said, your reputation precedes you. Like, your reputation is going to go a long way for you in your career, whether it be a leader. Like, you have to deal with a superior or you have to deal with the probationary firefighter. So that just goes back to... I tell uh, probies all the time, and, and for your audience and just really anybody, well, you, you made me think of a saying, and I'm going to 
share it with you because I love the saying. Is don't. Uh, my boss told me this one time when I was a captain at training, and then he was a battalion chief. He said, "Don't ever uh, let me find out something from my boss that I oh, should yeah. have found out from you." For sure, I'll never forget that because yeah. because he was just he was so nicely chewing my ass when he said right. it to me. Yeah. So I always make sure my bosses know every like, hey, the ladder's out of service. Hey, the ladder's doing yep. this. I I I tell them, and I just tell them, you don't have to worry about me. I'm gonna handle my shit. Yep. You know, but if you got to do your job, you got to do your job. But I always just tell guys, and I don't know if it's this way at corporate America or wherever, but I know in the fire service, I tell the booters all the time. Every booter hears this. You can work really, really hard for two years and establish an amazing reputation, yep. and you will get away with murder for, for, <laughs> for 20 more years. Yeah, I'll agree to that. But if you're a, a complete fuck-up yeah. you know, for any time of your probation, and when I say fuck-up, I mean like, we're all going to make mistakes and we're going to grow from it. But if you continue to do the same things and not understand what's going on, then unfortunately you could work 20 years to repair that reputation and, and the fire service just doesn't forgive as well. So it's a little bit of a hypocrisy when they're, you know, you could have a guy who's like, dude, he was such a stud and now he continues to screw up and guys will fight and support him. Yep. And that's a cool thing about our job. But then you get a guy who screws up once or twice and they're really a good guy. They just sometimes their freaking head isn't screwed on, right? You're like, okay, fix this quick and fix it hard. Yep. Otherwise, you're going to have a reputation and a name that will be tough, tough to repair. You know the saying, you fuck one goat. <laughs> <laughs> I, only, I only fuck two. So. Yeah. And I, I use the Bill Bridger analogy, <laughs> but <laughs> go, they go fucker. And, uh, and I agree with you 100%. So in corporate America, the military, the fire sheriff, whatever, like, I tell people all the time, as a subordinate to achieve or to a captain or whatever, it is your job to protect your boss as much as it's his job to protect you. And how do you do that? You share information and you give him a heads up. Hey, man, don't know if this is going to be a big deal, but this is what happened today, whether it be on a job site, on a fire call, or whatever. And you're just giving that person a heads up in case they need to actually address something. So I agree with you 100%. Sometimes you have to just say, if I, if I tell you this, will it... Will it really matter? But if I don't, will it matter? Yeah, for sure. And that's kind of how I look at it. It's like, I'm only erring on the side of giving you more knowledge. Now, yep. some things, you know, the old, uh, what they don't know won't hurt them. Yeah. Within, I mean, that's small beans. You know, that's like, oh, I went out of district. I did this. Something small. Right. But I think the, you know, the big ticket items, you want to let your boss know. Absolutely. 100%. How do you, so I don't know if you've run across it, like poor leadership. How? I think no matter what job it? you have, you work corporate you work anywhere you could always have those people who are your boss or your boss's boss right that you find it hard to you find it hard to get along with or when they talk to you you space out because i think it comes down to respect so if you respect them then you're going to listen and if they've done something to you or to uh, other people you know and that you care about. Again, this could be in any profession. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's hard to trust or respect that person. So, what about um, a lack of competency? Like, what if they're just not good at their job? Like uh, promoted that, too soon, uh, in any arena, not just in the fire service. Like, how do you address that? The, there's really no way to address it. You have to if somebody if you feel like I heard this in one of your other ones. Uh, and it's probably the reason I promoted to captain because at 15 years that was too long. That yeah. was in my wor in my eyes that I waited too long to promote. Gotcha. Um, but like most guys, I'm getting that person promoted, or I don't want <laughs> right. I don't want to work for that I don't want to work yeah. for that person, right? right? Oh, yep. But you can't knock them. 
No. They were motivated. They were there at some point in their life where they were able to do that. I wasn't at a point in my life where I was felt comfortable or, you know, or was ready to take that. And if even though I don't feel like I don't want to work for that person or they're not good, in my mind, I don't feel like they fit that that mold. Well, I can't knock them. They got the position. Right. Um, doesn't mean I have to like it or agree with it, but at the same time, it, it, let's just say I do have. A, let's, if I did have a battalion chief that I didn't respect, they're my battalion chief, and I, I have to within, you know, within a certain boundary, do what I'm told. But at the same time, you know, if I should, I should be able to voice my opinion right. or put them in check. Why do battalion chiefs have captains that sit next to them on a? On a, a battalion, on, on a battalion, right? A BSO, mm-hmm. a, a fit to check them. Yeah, that's what they're sure. there for—is for checks and balances. So if you, if if a battalion chief is saying something to a captain, and the captain doesn't agree with it in a respectful way, you should be able to say, "This is why I did that. This is why I don't agree with you." But whatever right. you need me to do. Yep. And I, I think that, uh, no. I, I think if they'll, if they respect you, which <clears throat> we can control, then they're going to listen to you. And as long as you. I always just kind of look at it like, it kind of how do I fall back on me? How do I put how do I put his incompetency back onto me? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm given a job to do, and I'm going to factor in who he is or yeah. whom they are when I do my job. So if they give me an order, I'm still going to process it and be like, all right, am I safe? Am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And so I, I I turn it back on me. It's like okay, well, how can I affect him? And still do my job and be safe and protect my crew and so yeah. on and so forth. Now, if it's something big time or blatant or something where you're like, dude, why are you riding me or why are mm-hmm. you doing this? Then I'll just, I mean, because I think they'll hopefully respect who the individual is. You say, hey, dude, I just want to let you know how this is how this is being yep. perceived or so on and so forth. And yep. it's funny to me how sometimes when I have been that hard ass to tell somebody something, you have now created a bond with that person. Mm-hmm. And although it's a like a weird bond, <laughs> right. like you just chewed well, their you, shit and told them why they're fucking up. You punched the shark in the mouth. Oh, totally. Yeah. And then they respect the shit out of it. Yeah. And, and so then they'll look to you like, dude, that guy, he might be brash, he might do this, mm-hmm. but he's honest, he's sincere, and he's not trying to, he's, he's not a buddy fucker. Yeah. You know, and that's Absolutely. that's like that's a big thing to me when it's like, you know, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to shoot you straight. And, uh, you know, just because we're not drinking beers on Friday, I'm still going to try mm-hmm. to help you along the way. And at the end of the day, it's a job. So everyone has a job to do. And like, I've, I've had to deal with it in multiple arenas, not a lot, but I'm always just honest, you know, upfront, you know, I try to open up those lines of communication. If they're a good dude, um, it goes a long way with me. Um, I'll try and lead them a little bit because sometimes you have to lead your bosses. I'm like, well, think about this or why don't we do this or have you thought about it this way things like that to try and help them out but there are those guys with egos that don't want to listen to it and, I, and I've had to approach that too and I'll just pull those guys aside off the job and have a conversation with them and then usually when you get them by themselves they're easy to deal with when they're not you know around a bunch of people so that's the way I, I, I kind of try and handle it because I don't know if you guys in your departments have like a formal leadership program or anything like that we really don't um, so a lot of it's informal and it gets passed down that way. So depending on who mentors you or doesn't mentor stuff like that, sometimes there's guys that are better at handling issues or leadership things or leading stuff like that. So that's, I think you said something, Mark, that was really, really, really resonated and it was big. It was, we you say, I expect this out of you, but I want you to know that here's a few of my weaknesses. When you open yourself up to that, like you said, you're kind of humble and mm-hmm. you know, sh- you show that you create a whole nother, you know, a little bit open, a little door down further yeah, down the Yeah, the hall. hope is to take a little bit of stress off of them to know that yeah. I'm not perfect either. Sure. And yeah. you're going to mess up and I mess up, but we're going to work on this together. 
And I think from a, if, let's say it's a battalion chief, because we're all captains, it's mm -hmm. easy to say if there's a battalion chief. If a battalion chief is telling you that same thing, or if you come to the battalion chief and you say, hey, I don't know if you knew this, here's three things I wanted you to think about, or something, one thing I took, you know, maybe you don't want to overload them. Right. If I'm that guy. <laughs> They're easily confused. Oh, if, I, if I'm that guy, I'm like, that's, thank you for doing that. Because a right. lot of guys don't have the balls or they won't do that. Right. And then again, you create that bond or that respect, and you're like, all right, you know, this. I'm glad you did that. Now right. I know I can trust you. You're not, you know, trying to just freaking one-up me on these things or whatever it is. Yeah, because I don't know what you guys think, but I think as the further you get up the promotional line in any um, um, arena, the the less it becomes about you and becomes about the people that, that, that are reporting to you or the people that you're taking care of. Like, you definitely have to take a backseat because you guys know as captains, like, it's no longer fucking about you. It's about your crew and how to make them better and how to make that unit better. And, like, one of my mentors who was on that last episode was like he gave me the best advice ever and i'll say it again i said in that podcast was he told me hey make let your crew make 90 to 95 percent of the decision i when listened to that that eat, was big for me when yeah. he said that like when you're where, where you're gonna eat like how you're gonna train what you're gonna train for you make the decision that counts and for me that's life safety because uh, because i want everyone to go home the next day i could do I, i'm gonna take that one i like that yeah take it no yeah, yeah that dude's a great captain like one of the greatest captains i ever worked for we had kind of stands time. out in the crowd too Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I'm Absolutely. in a position right now where my engineer is getting ready to test for captain, and one of my firefighters is, is uh, going to take the engineer test. you lose your crew. And so I'm in the back. Oh, so, yeah. So that's I've, been, fun. I've been hanging with the booter <laughs> in the back. That's, and I just let the them time. do their thing. But but it is hard to give up some of that control, some of the things that where they need to learn a little bit more. And I'll be like, eh. Sometimes they ask, sometimes I tell, but I need to let it let it go a little bit more yeah. because they'll grow. Like you said, you, you you said it right about your employees. You're like, you know, I let them just kind of run their thing and, and learn and grow. Got to empower them, man. That's a big thing. I don't know about for you guys, but like I, the way I manage people is I will set out some expectations, but then when they're sitting up front, like if they're going to be out of class or move up for the day or stuff like that, or, or, or even these guys, I'll let them make the mistake if it's not going to hurt anybody sure. or no one's going to get injured. And then I'll talk to them why. Because I don't know about you guys. I'm retired. The biggest mistakes I've ever made, I've learned the most from. And I, I think that's the way we firemen learn. <laughs> yeah. You make a mistake <laughs> and then guys. shame on you if you do it again. Right. It should be you, it should be burned in there somewhere to, yeah. to go, don't ever do this again. Because we all want to do well. And like I think inherently, especially guys like us, like, we want to do a good job in everything that we do. So, like, and we're probably the harshest critics of ourselves of anyone. Like, yeah. I know when I fuck, I'm like, God, I know. I take it so bad. I get like heartburn, and <laughs> I feel I feel so bad. I feel like I'm, you know, this tall when I do right. something wrong, and or maybe let somebody down on yep. something. Uh, it, it's it's that for me that's hard to deal yeah, with. I don't ever want to let anybody down. Yeah. Mentors, co like like yeah. I'm sure we all played for a coach. You're like, yeah. I cannot fucking lose yeah, that. Not for, for sure. this guy. Not for this guy. Uh, I have one thing that I'm a little different than you guys is I'm raising a son. Right. And I see it every day. He, oh yeah. He he will learn one way, and he will learn on his own when he fucks up. And that's right. I've tried. I'll, I'll lay it out for him, but then I take into consideration who he is, and and he learns by pride. You right. know, like I fucked oh, yeah. that up. You yeah. know, so so that's a fun thing to sit back and say, All right, I know that I'm gonna tell you and you're gonna get mad just so I really have to watch my wife and I talk about it a lot. It's like you have to watch how you articulate and how you sometimes try to trick them. Right. Because if you just come out and say it from a dad perspective, right. he's not gonna listen. Right. I could call two of my buddies that we have uh, relate that have a relationship with him mm -hmm. and they can tell him the same thing and he'll listen. Oh, yeah. But for me it's like nah, You know man. what the and you know this being a parent, he's going to look back on that in 10 years and he's going to go, he was right. Yeah. Because I do that same thing now. You know, yeah. things that maybe my mom told me or something or grandpa told me, 
and and they didn't seem bigger. I was like rolling my eyes at the time, or and something will happen in my life, and that flashback comes. They were right. Yeah. I've had plenty of my friends ask me to talk to their son. Like, hey, dude, he's going to listen to you more. You do, yeah. and he's going to listen to me. So. Which is really cool and a compliment. I mean, think about that. That's their kid. Yeah. That's not a yeah. worker. That's not an employee. That's their kid, and they're reaching out to you. And it's almost kind of like, dude, there's really no higher compliment. You know, Absolutely. It's like, uh, you're gonna, I want you to talk to my son because, right. A, I look up to you, and he does as well. That's probably why he'll listen to you. I think it's more like you're just as retarded as my son, so you can, you can relate to him. <laughs> you act about the same age. So, <laughs> so you can actually be on his level. Hey, you take it however you want, bro. Uh, but either way, they're still asking you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Dude, we're, we're close to the two-hour mark. That's what, that's what we've been trying to hit, but want to end on your favorite truck and your favorite build so uh that's not mine just somebody else's no yours it's gotta be yours uh, barbie has like five, how, i don't know like how many have you done versus you well oh, I, I, I i have three that i would say are, are worthy of like putting it on the wall okay. um yellowstone yellowstone is is um actually they describe just, the truck so they get what okay it is. so a 1968 which was called picacho that's a forum days truck so before social media 1968 uh short bed i picked it up in northern california i flew in one way i packed tools in the little cooler and uh filled up the cooler with you know some waters and some cokes or whatever and i drove it all the way home from northern california down the five three on the tree truck oh nice um i'll send you pictures so you can post it up if yeah, you social please, media please do uh the next one would be yellowstone yellowstone's a four-door 1973 crew cab truck 73 is the first year of a square body and it's also the first year of a crew cab and uh my first thought was to shorten it that was my goal i was going to shorten it and put it on the ground and dino uh was like dude you got to keep that thing long and so i was kind of like well what am i going to do how am i going to keep it long and I just said, well, I'll put it on the ground. I'll put a camper on it. And I matched up a pretty rad camper. That and, camper and, is uh, fucking killer, yeah, dude. It is. Yeah. And Where the, the fucking canoe I, come I, from? The canoe, dude, I actually, how funny is this? So I, I bought the canoe uh, from the guy next to my fire station. For eight years, I seen this canoe. <laughs> and I went to go buy it. Now, this is actually not even the canoe you guys know. Okay. I went to buy it, and there was a big hole in it. It was an aluminum canoe. And I'm like, God damn it. I still bought it. The next day, I'm driving a half mile from my house, and I see the yellow canoe. Oh, so Jesus. I went in there, and I freaking was like, dude, I want to buy this. And the guy's like, well, it was he made it. I bet the guy was 55, 60. It was his project while he was at ASU. He built it from scratch nice. while he was you know, a student at ASU. We call it the Harvard of the South. Yeah, the Harvard yeah. of the South. That's what we call it. <laughs> Go Devils. Um, so, so Yellowstone's a crazy truck. I think the key with Yellowstone is, is there was a lot of hustle who probably describes who I am. Uh, I drove it all over. I took it to Texas three times. I've been to California three times. It. It's been to, uh, LS, LS Fest, which was in Las Vegas. Was so, there LS in that? No, it's actually still the big block, but, okay. um, I just wanted to take it up there gotcha. and, and I was like, okay. And now it does have the Holly Terminator, but it's sold. It's uh, off to, well, it's sold, but it's still at my house. I actually measured it today. So, um, the gas monkey guys can get it out. Oh, to where that he's got to haul it out there so we'll see and then the last one is just orange slice that's a cool build i like that um, truck that truck is sold i'm gonna hold on to it for probably till february how's that um, work yeah it, that that was a weird deal um i bought it in montana drove it all the way home which it's is my another, favorite place bro oh man it was it, so and if you fun. haven't heard the stories about uh three dude it's you three call dudes, three dudes one, one truck, truck. Yeah. it's hilarious so really? so my buddy digital c10 for the c10 guys out there if you if you don't uh, if you're not a c10 guy just check out digital c10 he does amazing work he's kind of under the radar right now he's going through some stuff but 
he he lives in Canada, in Calgary. So Great Falls, which is like almost in mm-hmm. Calgary, yep. he drove down, met us, and then uh, Metalox, yep. uh, he he flew up with me. So Kyle and I um, flew up together. Ronnie's a big deal. People just fly places with mm-hmm. him. Uh, I paid for his flight because I was like, dude, I want you to go, <laughs> and I want to have fun. You know what it was is I kind of reached out to both guys, and they both said yes. And so oh, so I, I don't think that <laughs> that's like, what it. I expected. <laughs> but then at that it worked point, out. It's well, a cool, the, the, it's dudes, cool the dudes are so like some guys might be like, nah, you already got a guy. I don't need to go. Right. Well, Kyle's pretty soft spoken, and, and Kevin, what they need to realize is this: three dudes in a regular cab pickup yeah, re- truck, regular cab, <laughs> one bench, Who's sitting bitch, uh, mostly Kyle, <laughs> me and Kyle, probably. Yeah, we kind of rotated, but Kyle's so soft spoken, he just kind of didn't say much. But we drove it all the way home. The truck sat for a year, and uh, like I said, I was in the middle of my house rebuild. Right. So the trucks sat for a year. And at that point, it was almost exactly one year. I was fr- so frustrated with myself because I'm like, I didn't do it. I didn't. I didn't build the truck. Right. And uh, I took it to Dino's because I had it, and Yellowstone wasn't done because I was going through the motor and stuff on right. it. It was done. It just wasn't redone. Yeah, yeah. And so I took Orange Slice up there, and at the time it was Sunkissed. And then what happened was I was like, dude, I'm just going to sell it because it's just sitting here, and I'm, I'm I'm mad that the truck is just sitting here. Well, the guy that bought it, a rad dude, a firefighter of all things in Virginia, and uh, he saw Kevin, uh, Digital C10, do a little thing that showed it shortened, and that was always our goal. Yeah. And he goes, dude, I got to shorten it. So I'm like, well, here's the deal. We'll, we'll shorten it. We'll build it. And uh, he was supposed to get it in Texas when we were there a couple weeks ago. But it still needs a ton more shakedown. And really? so, yeah, it's just little things that I need to finish, little small things. And I said, dude, And that's why you're a fucking good dude, because you're like, nope, I'm not giving it to you until. Yeah, and I think he's jonesing for it, and I, I totally understand. Yeah. But I go, dude, here's the deal. I, I can do a lot more with it. We can get more shine out of it. And and then uh, I said, you got to let me take it back to the get down. That's kind of where we started, and I made this list cut gotcha. it or don't cut it. So once I said, okay, let me at least take it back to Dino's, then I said, dude, you're not going to do anything with it in Virginia from November to February. Let me keep it, shake it down, hit a few more shows, take it to LST, right. and then you get it from there. So that's that's the plan. So Orange Slice is right now is, and, and it turned out, it's cool because the vision that I had and the way like it's funny. Aaron and I talked a few things about a few little. Aaron's things. the guy that owned Aaron's the, the guy that the, mm. the, the, that bought okay. it from Virginia, and uh, and the one thing that he's like when he saw it, he we he wasn't fully on board with the wheels and i'm like dude, they look he, would, he would send me messages about that hey what do you think about these ronnie's gonna put these on i go dude it'll turn it'll be I'm fine like, oh, dude. See, if i was him, like dude those look like shit <laughs> yeah, yeah don't <laughs> fucking do it he's too serious all the time uh, no man I think this guy was care. this guy's like <laughs> he, he's going through a lot of stress yeah, yeah, and yeah. and he was just that that's it's and I'll be like some it's dumb a, Filipino rims. Oh, Filipino. Totally. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, I don't know if he's ever good. had a full build truck either. That was your, so that was it, your it's opportunity. A, dude, it's a big. I know. It's a big. It's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. He. he uh, so it's kind of cool. He uh, he's had some shit going on in his life, especially recently. Um, he had uh, some of his really good friends um, were firefighters, and mm-hmm. they if you follow the news, they they got lost at sea. So oh, yeah. they've so never been are, found. Yeah. So, so they're mm-hmm. gone. And I actually in Texas, I go, hey, I, I want to buy the truck back from you. And uh, he goes, no. And he said he's like, listen, the reason why is 
this guy, I lost this guy. He's my best friend. Gotcha. And now this has kind of filled that void. And it will fill that void for me and my son and so on and so forth. So so that's a cool yeah. story. He's like, you're but, a total uh, dick if you're But, but he, he really was, uh, he he's intense and uh, he's stressed about it. And, and he had to put the faith in me. And I, I go, dude, listen, I have the vision. I'm telling you, just sit back. And and these are custom wheels. I mean, they're semi-custom. Mm-hmm. So once once you put the order in, oh, yeah. they're done. And, yeah. and uh, they look sick, yeah, dude. It, yeah. it, it fits it the truck out. perfectly. Oh, yeah. 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 And so. how all the striping lined up on when they cut the bed, yeah. dude. That thing turned out sick. Well, and it's really cool too because it's OG. So you're like, oh, dude, yeah. 1976. They came up with that shit, and it's still rocking. And the the things that killed it on Orange Slice are there's a guy here locally, and uh, he he buffed that paint and he brought it back to just the, the orange to the most amazing level. Right. Uh, and then the stance and then the wheels. Yeah. Yeah. It's sick truck, dude. Thanks. So those are all three then. How about you? I'm sitting here trying to think about it. I mean, obviously, I'm going to uh, throw my six. I have so many to no, pick no, 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 from. Because I don't know if I have three, to be honest with you. Well, it, you don't have to have three. The, you have one the, or two. The one that stands out for me is obviously my 63. Yep. Is the, the, I, I dubbed it the Hot Wheels truck. Um, that's a big deal for me. Um, but I'm going to say now that my girls are 8 and 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a 64 for a little while. And yeah, that, that I own that, now. Yeah, that whole thing was behind my <laughs> RV gate on the side yard. Literally. literally. Hey, and the day you called me and said, hey, I'm selling it. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't give a shit what he tells me for the price. I'm buying that. Is, uh, is wrenching on stuff like that with my, my little one's more into it than my older one. Right. But I mean. Is that the one I that does th- the videos? Yeah. Actually, yeah. She's yeah, awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, you yeah, know, I can think of every nut and bolt on, say, like that particular truck where she was on the other side, say, like the firewall before the engine's in. And I'm over on the other side putting in the brake pedal, uh, right. you know, uh, and just stuff like that. Like that kind of stuff to me. So that truck. Okay. Uh, we'll stand out there. And then the one I probably had the most fun uh, with that I felt like I could get in, go anywhere, do anything was the Suburban. So uh, Jason Bowman from Big Ten Garage dropped in Describe a diesel. One, okay, yeah. so it was a 69 yep. three-door Suburban that bought bone stock out in Tonopah. $3,300, bucks. had a running, driving 350, drove it all the way home, rattling water pump, changed out the water pump when we got home, thought I was going to stay that way. I'm stumbling across Craigslist because I'm like every other guy that I have 10 projects, but I'm still searching for another one. You're right? not like every other guy. But yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I found a 92 wrecked D250, so a Dodge uh, 250 regular cab um, pickup truck that had 205,000 miles on it. I work with the Peoria fireman who was a Cummings tech, so I called him. He goes... I told him the guy wants twenty seven hundred dollars for it. He goes, it's worth three grand just the engine and transmission. So, wow. so I bought it. The guy delivered it to my house for twenty seven hundred dollars because it's wrecked. It won't drive. Yeah. But I took a chance on the motor, just looking at it. Didn't even know if it run. So I took this truck, the the Dodge and the Suburban, to Jason Bowman. At that time, was working out of his garage in Chandler, yeah. and uh, uh, he swapped them out and made it look stock. And the the great thing about that particular uh, build was. Jason did such a good job with the install. A lot of guys didn't even know that that engine didn't originally come in that truck. It guys barely were, fit, dude. I know, but that nothing was, was like, that. He, he perfectly, I, like, I mean, the firewall's not cut, the core support's not cut, AC, intercooler, all this stuff's in there, and it all fits. Um, and I felt like it could. It, there was times where it would sit on my side yard for four or five months, Damn. and I would go out and just fire, the thing would fire right up. It <laughs> should, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, so it's awesome, a million-mile motor. They call that the million-mile motor, right? And... Um, um, to have guys in town like him, um, you know, and Ronnie knows, and I'm sure someday you'll end up using him for something. But uh, when you can get a guy like that to do something for you, you feel fortunate because yeah. um, 
right now when people are building these things, you could take it somewhere and you're paying a lot of money for something. Oh, yeah. And then you get it home and it's broke. Yeah. Well, you and I had that um, yeah. th- had that deal. Yeah. Uh, the training. truck I, I put a crate transmission. I won't name the place out of Florida. Junk. Brand new. Junk. In, in deal. We even rebuilt it. And then he still needed a new transmission in so, the 64. Small world, too. His training guy and my training guy. Best friends. Uh, yeah. Totally literally best friends. West side, east side. Totally best buddies. Who's yeah. your training guy? His name is Lorenzo Ortiz. Okay. Yeah. So. And. Uh, they're training dorks, I like to call them. Yeah. They start talking. I'm like, you lost me in the yeah. third sentence, dude. Like, you're way over the top. But, uh, yeah, I would say the Suburban was cool because we didn't really do anything with the paint. And you, I'm into that right now, again, because my kids are young. And, yeah. you know, if I'm going to stick... Fifteen twenty thousand dollars in a paint job, then I don't. My kids aren't going to be around it. You yeah, know? for sure. And and it's not fun to take it to the grocery store or Home yep. Depot. I want to get in it and slam the door and not worry about anything. And that's kind of what my stuff is right now. Is it's it's made to be used. Gotcha. Yeah. So no, I get those, that. The, I would say those those are my fun. My what fun about you? Are. Uh, I'd have to say my first one I ever do is a '67 Chevelle. So I still got that one. That one I traded out work. I don't know if you saw on my Instagram page. I painted my buddy's Bronco, OJ Bronco. So but that's getting uh, n- new uh, big block in it, 396, 700R4, Wilbur Brake it, all kind of shit. So it's not back yet. And I did that. That's when I knew I'm like, I'm doing okay. Yeah. I can buy the Chevelle and I can totally redo the thing. So that first one. And my dad always had 68. So that's the first car he bought when he got out of the Navy, 68 Chevelle, 2200 bucks. That's that's what he paid for. So I've always been a Chevelle guy. That one's I probably have three hundred hours in that paint job. Like I don't know, I don't know if you've seen that uh, car. Just on your page, not yeah. Person. It's yeah. dude, it's black on black, uh, super jet black. It's a GM color, factory pack color, sick color on there. Then I'd probably say um, the '63 that I redid. So I always wanted a '63, kind of like black and white. Black, yeah, black and blue one. Yeah, yeah black and blue one. Um, and then this one, I'm gonna. It's, it's not mine, but I but I built it with him. My partners, my partner. Um, is a dad, two sons. He had a 67 C10 back in the day that he was trying to redo, and he had to sell it to help support the family. Sure. So when we were started redoing the trucks, I caught wind. He was looking for one. So do you guys know? Um, you, you guys probably know him. Caesar from Madrid yeah. Rosin Customs. Yeah. So he had a 67 in pieces in his back of his yard. So I told Tim, I'm like, hey, bro, I need to get some parts for the 63. Can you drive out to Queen Creek with me? And um, – pick up these parts you know because i need some help it's like yeah so we cruised out there and it was like cab was off at friends i said there's your truck dude he's like what i'm like fucking that's your 67 right there he's like what i go yeah i bought you 67 caesar's a fucking good dude he loves caesar, dude. caesar now owns one of his blazers oh nice yeah. okay if you haven't seen his black blazer lately it's no sweet. i haven't seen that one yeah he doesn't he hasn't posted he does a little bit every now and then yeah but yeah probably hating he's, on a, you. <laughs> he's a good dude man. yeah oh no he's loving that thing sure. he's like he's redoing it I, 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 he he didn't even need to do anything with his blazer it was so nice yeah. and then he just went to town on it but he He's talking about rad, rad I dude. I didn't even know the guy. Yeah. That's the first time he let he let Tim and I do all the suspension work on the frame at his shop. Let's borrow whatever fucking tools he had, all that kind of stuff, and do a bunch of other shit to the cab before we got it out of there. Fucking great dude. I've only met him through truck events, but that doesn't surprise me that you said that good because dude. every time, every place I've been with him, I sat next to him at Good Guys all day. Yeah. Um, and it was, hey man, you want a beer? Hey, you want that? Like, yeah, I, he, that was the first time he'd ever met me, and he was he'd be a good like, fireman. Yeah, he was. He would be. He's yeah. a stud. He um he helped me a lot with Orange Slice. Did he? Yeah, because yeah. I you know I I was under the gun. And uh, I was like, dude, I'm calling in a couple favors. Help out. I was like, Blazer, I'm, all, I'm calling in a couple fl- favors, man. Yeah, so, so yeah, that one. That shit done. The mustache stands out, too. Oh, yeah. Pretty well, sweet I think stash. I think the key from a leadership perspective, and, you know, the 
depending on your audience, is you've heard it a thousand times, but Matador, Big Ten Bowman, you guys, if you surround yourself with good people, you'll Absolutely. you'll do well. Yeah. Yeah. So he let us do that and, and to see Tim's face, like and how fucking excited he was. And I, I painted it for him. He was here every step of the way with me, like did whatever I said as far as like the paintwork goes and we ended up putting our other buddy's mechanic ended up putting an L S in it. So it, we also here we always go to good guys, the whole company. We take the day off. We load everybody up in all the trucks, and we all go cruise. Well, this together. year you need to go to Dino's. Get I'm going to go, dude. So do the get down, yeah. and then the next day do good guys. Okay, I'll do both that yeah. day, so we'll just back it up. But yeah, man. If Thanks. you're going to go and park, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Because yeah. Friday we'll get it'll be packed at Dino. So maybe I'll just leave a couple trucks there and then run up there real quick or yeah, something. I don't it'll know. be tough. I need to go though for sure. I'm not like this is surprising, but I don't like crowds. I don't like like being around a lot of people. So typically I'm like I try and fade out on shit like that. This is my perfect venue right here. Three dudes and just you know bullshitting. Three like, dudes, one room. Yeah, exactly. Three dudes, yeah, pajama wrestling. Exactly. Right. I, I'm all in. We're gonna turn that. the recorder off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But no, man, that's shit. I think we're over two hours. But, dude, I was, when I started thinking about this, I'm like, dude, I fucking, you know, I knew you. I barely knew you a little bit. I'm like, there's not another fucking time that we'll get three public safety dudes that are truck builders in the same fucking room and have a podcast. And I knew we'd talk about leadership stuff and everything else, but I can't, I can't thank you guys enough for coming out. It's been fucking awesome. Like, this is probably my, uh, most fun one that I've done. We've only done nine, and like I don't know who my audience is yet, dude, because we're kind of all over the place. It's not a public safety audience, probably not. It, we're just kind of, kind of doing things, and it'll kind of flesh its way out. I'm sure you kind of started that same way, not knowing where. where I it's think for go. you, it'll just be dudes, just you know, uh, for you know, guys out there listening, and you know, some girls, but yep. for guys, it's just like. Uh, whether you're in public safety or whether you're a truck guy or whether you're just a life guy, just just grind, man. Yep. I always laugh because in the fire service, um, there's a guy that's a big truck guy, and I met him, and he tried to get hired in Phoenix, and we knew some of the same guys. And if you don't get in public safety, I guess the long or the short is, if you're a grinder, you're going to be extremely successful no matter what you do. There's another guy, um, Keith Roselle. He has that like $200,000 68 C10 or 67, Jesus. right? Fat Fender built it. It was at SEMA. Yeah. He calls it a lane or whatever. He texted me the other day. He's like, man, I, I just found out you're a firefighter. I'm like, yeah, you know, this many years. He goes, dude, I thought about, I wanted to do that, right? And I didn't get my shit together until I was 30. And now he owns an HVAC company and right. he just kills it. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Just hustle, work hard, be a good dude and, you know, pick people up around you and uh, good things will happen. Dude, I don't need to say anything more. We'll end it on that. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Late. Thanks, Brent. Thanks, Brent.